Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, yes, it is. Here we go, here we go. The Saturday Night Kid, coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. Big Tuesday episode of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not sitting on top of the GOP power rankings. Less than six days until the first voting and caucusing begins. Trump in the lead in Iowa and in the field as a whole, but signs point to his lead slipping in New Hampshire. Wrong. Uh, It certainly is. Uh, We'll tell you why, uh, and we'll tell you why Trump isn't particularly worried about it as we get on the air right now. He's battling back and forth in court because Democrats are trying to pull him off the ballot. That's just how white folks will do you. We're going to discuss all of it with Battling Bill Hemmer, co-host of America's Newsroom, the guy who works the board on election night. When you turn it on, you know, we call a state, we make a decision, he takes you inside a particular county. Hemmer's the guy who does that. Uh, He will be into it. Uh, Kennedy is in the house, the human highlight reel. Uh, Emily Campagno, the human happy hour here as well. And my man, Aaron Berg, who you will be seeing an awful lot of on a new show that premieres this coming Saturday right here on the Fox News channel at 10 p.m. It is called Fox News Saturday Night with Jimmy Fallon. I'll drink to that. 888-788-9910 if you want to be a part of today's festivities. It is also the number if you don't want to be a part of the show and you just want to level with me. You're just another dirtbag. I can take it. Don't worry. You'll never be as harsh as the voices in my head. But 888-788-9910. The show has one rule. You can be a Republican. You can be a Democrat. You can be a Libertarian. You could be an Independent. You could be a furry who identifies as a Chihuahua. (coughs) All we ask is that you don't be a... (coughs) Boom! Happy Tuesday. There you go. I was going to start by congratulating the Michigan Wolverines on their national title. But then I remembered I married an Ohio girl from the 4th Congressional District (laughs) whose Jenny's family hates Ohio so much that when Santa came to visit the nieces and nephews this year, like Santa comes and gives them presents, Lincoln gets a present, it's really adorable. But when Santa came to her parents' house this year over the holidays to visit with the children, he asked them to sing a Christmas song. He asked the kids to sing, can you sing a song for Santa? And the little kids sang... With no prompting from the adults, the song they chose to sing was, We Don't Give a Damn About the Whole State of Michigan. The Whole State of Michigan. The Whole State of Michigan. We Don't Give a Damn About the Whole State of Michigan. We're from Ohio. That's what they sang. It was the funniest thing in the world. I was like, all right, this is unhealthy. That the kids are like, <laughs> they're, sing- they're singing, like, calling out to hatred of Michigan in front of Santa. Like they're Hamas youth that are being <laughs> trained to hate the people on the other side of the wall at an early age. It was a scary level of indoctrination. But the fact remains, I am not going to congratulate Michigan if for no other reason than because I would need to hire a food taster the next time I go back to Ohio. Because they would actually, they would kill me dead if I were to praise Michigan. That's true. That is true. I do think they'd all agree, though, that Jim Harbaugh is about 200 IQ points ahead of Ryan Day, the current Ohio State coach. That's true. That is true. So we'll just leave it there. But as we begin uh, talking about the national title game really quick, if you were watching it last night and you blew up my phone, uh, they ran a lot of commercials for my TV show, which debuts this Saturday on ESPN. Guys, I got to be honest. It is not normal 
It is not every day to see Fox News content on ESPN. Okay, but there we were. Why were we there? Obviously, we're launching a show, but do we traditionally go out and launch Fox shows on ESPN? (laughs) No. But if you're one of the people listening for the first time because you saw it or you're one of the people just getting hip to the radio show, the reason we're there is because we don't have enemies on this show. We don't have enemies on Fox News Saturday night. Okay, these shows understand our good fortune as Americans who were born into the greatest country in the world. Freedom! And we understand as a guy who can only communicate through sports analogies that for all the fighting we do politically, we are all on the same team. We don't like to admit it. Republicans hate Democrats right now. Democrats hate Republicans. But we all get dressed in the same American locker room. It's 2024. Everybody is getting dressed in the same locker room, like it or not. (laughs) Sorry, kids. Sorry, kids. Uh, But anyway, the point is uh, we are all teammates. And as the country goes, we go. So we're trying to fancy that type of show for the TV just the way we have so successfully on the radio. Because this show's success is a testament not to me, uh, but to all of the cool people out there in the world who get it. Guys, we're the rich kids on the block. When you look around the world, America is the nicest house. Some of us might be having a better day than others on a given day of the week. Some of us might have different political persuasions than the kid in the other bedroom. I understand. But we are the most fortunate and prosperous, tolerant and inclusive people alive. And somebody needs to put their foot down and stop us from ruining this thing. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? So there you go. As far as the Fox power rankings are concerned, now that I'm done sandwich boarding and sermonizing, heading into Monday's Iowa caucuses, I am fascinated. I love the power rankings because they do such a deep dive cross section of everything. Voters, not just who they're voting for, who they consider second, how persuadable they are off their first candidate. You know, how many people just steadfastly will never vote for this person, but will vote for that person. It's very interesting because it gives you... um, not only a feel for what, what the field looks like today, but what it could look like on caucus night if one or two things change, okay? This matters, okay? And I want to read a little bit of it to you because, as you'd imagine, uh, it's pretty predictable at the top, but it gets interesting from there. Trump is sitting on 69% support with GOP primary voters, okay? That's according to the latest Fox News Power Rankings. Nikki Haley comes in second, uh, followed by Ron DeSantis. And then, of course, Chris Christie and Vivek Ramaswamy. Now, in terms of leads, Trump is up 52 percent, which is a 34 point lead in Iowa. Uh, And he's up South Carolina, 53 percent. But now in New Hampshire, uh, Nikki Haley has gotten the lead down to single digits. Okay, so she's within single digits. Uh, As far as DeSantis, he is a distant second in Iowa. He trails Nikki Haley in New Hampshire, okay? And all things considered, okay, we are watching a race play out right now where Trump is battling everything but his opponents. Yes, he's starting to take shots at Haley. He's certainly taking a lot of shots at DeSantis. But Trump was in court again today, uh, and he's dealing head-on with this, you know, Jack Smith investigation, which aims to take him off the ballot, which is problem number one. Problem number two is put him under some type of arrest for the remainder of the campaign. That's why they fought so hard 
to get Trump out of there, you know, to make this indictment happen, to make this trial happen ahead of the nominating season. Okay, we're in a position right now. It's really fascinating to watch this play out. Okay, because what Trump is arguing is not a good argument. I'm going to be very honest with you. It's a bad legal argument. This guy will say anything. No, I'm just being honest with you. I'm not saying he's going to lose the trial. I'm not saying he's going to lose the primaries or the caucuses. But I am going to sit here and tell you that his whole entire argument today, and he made the argument on social media, and he made it again after the trial, or at least the hearing, was that he has immunity as the president. Okay, fine. I understand presidents have different levels of immunity and indemnification against potential legal ramifications. But you should, at the very least, as a guy who actually wants to win the election, as a guy who would ideally not wind up going to jail, okay, you should also be out there saying you're innocent. I agree with that. Okay, if you're out there saying, if your argument is, yeah, I did it. But I've got immunity. You gotta do better than that. Okay. Yeah, I did it. But we didn't know it was illegal. They should have told us it was illegal. You gotta do better than that. And that's not on Trump. That's on his lawyers. And I understand he's his own man. He's going to do whatever the hell he wants. But it's not the best argument. Okay. And the more you look at Iowa, the more you realize it's a must win for Trump more than anybody. Okay. Because when you look into the polling... Trump obviously has a massive lead, but according to a New York Times-Siena poll out today, Trump's polling breaks down as such. In the Republican Party, 37% of Republican voters consider themselves the MAGA base. Ride or die, Trump's their guy, 37%. Okay, there's an additional 37% that considers themselves persuadable, which means they'd vote for Trump, okay, or they'd vote for DeSantis, they'd vote for Haley. They're persuadable, though, to vote for the candidate other than the one they're into. Okay, and then there's an additional 25 percent that are never Trump. Okay, now understand this. Okay, going into the Iowa primaries, he's a big caucuses. He has a big lead. Okay, he does. And he is expected to win going away. But if for some reason there is a surprise or an upset, you're talking about 62 percent of Republican voters who really want Biden out of the White House. And if they look at a world where Trump's in 91 different court indictments and Trump underperformed in Iowa and these candidates do poll better than Biden in the general election, which they do, Nikki Haley beats Biden by 17 points. Okay, there's this very fascinating reality playing out right now that we were told Iowa could make or break DeSantis or to make or break Haley. It really could make or break Trump. I'm not telling you he's going to lose. So don't send me a bunch of angry emails. But I'm telling you, you know, as a guy who, you know, prides himself in trying to have honest conversations with you, we're in a really fascinating spot because obviously the Democrats are throwing everything known to man at them that they can. And these indictments are political. And I know that because they could have happened a year ago. They could have happened two years ago. They could have happened three years ago. He knows what he's talking about. Okay, to indict him for January 6th now. Okay, January 6th happened in 2021. Okay, Joe Biden was sworn in in 2021. I don't remember that ever happening. But the point is, it well, it did. We have video. It happened. Okay, and Joe Biden was sworn in weeks after January 6th. Okay, everything we needed to know about January 6th, we knew that day or the day after. Okay, they impeached him over it that month, which means they had the evidence. Two summers ago, if you remember, they hired a reality show producer from ABC and made a primetime special about January 6th. That was embarrassing. And again, I was condemning political violence long before it became cool. 
Okay, and it is awful that someone did die at the Capitol on January 6th, an unarmed Trump supporter named Ashley Babbitt. But if you want to go check the record, one death is always too many where I come from. But it is not a deadly white supremacist insurrection. Okay, if it was, he'd be charged with it right now. But is Trump being charged with that to this day? The answer would be no. So to the point I'll make on Trump, and it's really fascinating to watch this play out. I consume politics like it's sports. Okay, Trump has literally, for whatever you think of the guy, like him, hate him, doesn't matter. It's not my job. Okay, he has literally taken on everybody. Everybody. He won the presidency against Hillary Clinton by taking on the entirety of the media, both political parties. The Republican Party wanted no part of him being their nominee in 2016. He was crass. He was a short-fingered vulgarian. They, they didn't, you know, they recognized that he had massive support with the voters, but he wasn't a traditional establishment politician, so they wanted nothing to do with Trump getting the nomination until they had no choice but to accept it. Okay, but understand, he took on everybody, all of Hollywood, all of the media, all of his of establishment politicians in D.C., and won. Hugest upset in the history of politics. Far and away. Okay, should have won in 2020, straight up. Okay, they interfered in the election. They let the country on fire. They wouldn't let you talk about the Hunter Biden laptop. They absolutely interfered in the election, straight up. I didn't mean it said it was stolen. I don't know that it was. I can't prove that. I do think it's really hard to convince people that Joe Biden is the biggest vote getter in the history of the country and got more support from black Americans than even Barack Obama. Don't be thick. All right. But according to the election results, Joe Biden is more important, more, more popular with black voters than Barack Obama was the first black president. And some people believe it. There are white folks and then there are ignorant mother like you. I mean, that's probably how I'd characterize it as well, Mr. President. But the fact remains, whatever you think of the 2020 election, Biden's in office. Okay, Trump's trying to make a go of it again. And this time around, not as he not only is he fighting both establishments, a bunch of candidates, pretty much all of the media, with the exception of some of the people who agree with him here on Fox. Okay, but he's also fighting our entire Justice Department, which has been weaponized against him to take him down. Yet he still takes the shots. And the reason he has such hardened support is because the support is coming from rank and file people who, like Trump, have no choice but to take the shots. When your alarm clock goes off and punches you in the soul at 3.30 in the morning because you got to go to your first of two cow milkings that day, not a single guy listening to this can hit the snooze button and go back to bed and leave the cows be. Okay, if you're a guy working a jackhammer on a construction site on the side of the highway with 16 hours battling through tinnitus and whatever the hell's going on in your life, freezing your ass off on a job site on top of a building, you don't have the luxury of not playing the teams on the schedule. And that's what people don't get. The harder the Democrats have made life for Trump, the more it has resonated with the average rank and file voter who, like him, has no choice but to answer the bell each morning. Because it's the only way they're going to survive, pay bills, support their families, okay? And that's why I think Iowa is so important. Because in the end, every one of these rank-and-file voters is getting crushed under Biden. Inflation's worse. Crime is worse. You know, your prices at the grocery store are worse. The border thing we know all about. We feel like we're on the brink of World War III and no one's prioritizing the country. So the truth is, as much as they love Trump, they do love their families and they do love their way of life. And if Trump doesn't come out on top in Iowa, as much as they love the guy, they really don't want another Democrat running this show. So things could get very, very interesting if Trump loses. 
That being said, I wouldn't expect him to go anywhere because there is not a person alive that's going to make Trump back down. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. It's the show that never hits the books. I love the poorly educated. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. All right, this one's for the fellas who want to tap the brakes on the aging process. How do you do that, Jimbo? We're talking about Nugenics Total T. Okay, every day that passes by is a day that you lose testosterone, which means less muscle, less energy, less get up and go in the bedroom. That doesn't sound any fun. But are you really ready to lose your shape, your muscle, maybe even in your energy? You don't have to. Okay, you can slow it down with Nugenics Total Tea. Nugenics Total Tea, it'll boost free and total testosterone, and it'll help you get the old fire back at work, in the gym, in the bedroom. How about it? Nugenics Total Tea Testosterone Booster has Testafin, which will boost your testosterone. You know, the man hormone. How about more of that? You can try Nugenics Total Tea before you buy. There's nothing to lose, everything to gain. Now, get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea when you text 231-231 and enter the keyword Jimmy. Text now. You'll get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, the newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you lose fat fast and get lean fast. It is absolutely free. Your complimentary sample available to you if you text 231-231 and enter keyword Jimmy. It's 231-231 and you enter the keyword Jimmy. Texting enrolls you in a recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. There it is, Fox Cross America with Jimmy Fallon. Here's Mike Pence. Mike Pence went over to CNN last night to talk to Jake Tapper. CNN is the worst. But Pence, you can like him, you can hate him, I don't care. Uh, he's calling a very fair fight. Here he has asked about the January 6th insurrection. I'm using air quotes. Clip 17. My guess, covering you for some time now, is that you don't support taking Trump off the ballot. You probably prefer that the, that be left up to the voters. But setting that aside... Do you think Donald Trump engaged in insurrection? Uh, I've never called what happened on January 6th an insurrection. And uh, it is noteworthy that uh, even in the federal case uh, in Washington, D.C., the president hasn't been charged uh, with insurrection. uh, Jake, I was there. Uh, It it was a riot uh, the way it broke out. And and I've never seen it uh, any other way. Good for Pence. And, uh, you know, shame on Jake Tapper and everybody in the media who's playing along with this charade. You know, do you call it an insurrection? You shouldn't even be asking the question. Why? Because the courts aren't calling it an insurrection. I think he's got a point. Yeah, and the point is, everybody in the media is full of To play along like this is dignified in any way. They're using a crime he's not accused of let alone convicted of, because in this country you have the presumption of innocence until proven guilty. He's not even being charged, let alone proven guilty or exonerated. They're just using a pretend. This is like getting mad at someone for something they did in their dream, except it affects our democracy, and the people doing it are the ones that want you to believe they're protecting democracy. Democrats are so full of crap. We'll discuss all of it. And a hell of a whole lot more with my man battling Bill Hemmer, who's about to give you the fastest 10 minutes you'll ever see in radio. Lace up the tracksuits, kids. So good. So good. 
It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon joining us now in his predictable photo finish. <clears throat> he is the grindstone of cable news. Uh, grindstone famously beat Cavanier at the wire 1996. Battling Bill Hemmer uh, takes the roses on Fox Across America. Hey, man. That was in the Derby? Yeah. What were the horse names again? Grindstone and Cavanier. Jerry oh, Bailey on Grindstone. Wow. What was I doing in 1996? I usually remember that kind of stuff. I will. I don't want to. Cr- errant I, trivia. I don't want to crush the mood, but I'll tell yeah. you the greatest you, horse racing story I've ever heard in regards to that, if you'll sit through it. And you might appreciate it. Oh, yeah. It. No. Um, we do this stuff. It's fine. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Go, go for you it. you actually I was going to say that I'm no secretary at Shona for your show. <laughs> because otherwise, I'd be here 15 minutes ago. Continue. No, no. You got enough to do. This is not a wire-to-wire lead. You just want to win. Listen, the one thing about it is when they give you the roses and you collect at the gambling window, yeah. they don't pay you extra for the lengths. <clears throat> you, you win it by a nose. You win it by a, the point is you won. You're here. Yeah. The American people are excited. Okay, You need enough. to know this. Some of the listeners know this. The reason my disposition is like I'm, you know, I grew up around a fun family. So mm-hmm. I grew up around very fun, fun-loving yeah. people. Okay. Active. My, yep. That's what they were. Arguably of, loud. It's all cops and soldiers. Uh, all cops and soldiers. Right and Thank then you. we added Jenny Fallon, which is a lot of farm DNA. <laughs> like my kid has no excuses. Cops, soldiers, uh-huh. farmers. And he's got a media presence at like age 10. Lincoln. Come on, Lincoln. Let's go. <laughs> so... 96 Kentucky Derby, this is not a bummer, but the night before the Derby, this is crazy, Hammer. You're going to love this, okay? I grew up in a big gambling family. My grandparents hosted a pinochle game every Wednesday night, back when it was fashionable to smoke 12 packs a night, play cards in front of the grandkids. Like, I had black lug in, like, third grade because I was around (laughs) these Polish pinochle players. They'd dance to polka, they'd play cards, and we lived by the Roosevelt Raceway, which is on Long Island. It's now by the Roosevelt Field Mall. It's on Old Country Road. There's a source mall where the racetrack used to be. It was harness racing, but my family were big harness race purveyors. They would go. Okay, so my grandma, when she was finally out of gas, okay, this is a woman uh, who was really crazy story. Uh, She had to get a leg amputated from all the smoking she did. They cut off the wrong one. Eighty one. Hot dog. They were, you know, they were Polish. They were, oh. and they, it was not fashionable to sue. We weren't as litigious. Right. Back then. Don't trust your doctor. Yeah. So she gave up the second leg in the process, but continued. To, she got her car modified. She had a Granada, a gray Granada, uh-huh. and she she had uh, hand controls on it, continued to go to the racetrack. So, you know, looking back now, I just realized my grandma had a gambling problem. Uh-huh. I, I thought there was a lesson there about the termination <laughs> and life and everything in between. But when she was finally out of gas, I'm talking, you know, 15 years later, 1996, she's in the hospital, and they're betting the under, like hard. Like, we're like, we love you, Grandma, but at the same time, we're calling the bookie. We're like, you know, this, you know I don't see another 24 We love you, Grandma, this. but hey. Yeah, you know. listen, we love you, babe, but the rent don't pay itself. <laughs> we are betting the under. So it's the, <laughs> it's, the, it's the eve of the 96 Kentucky Derby, okay? Yeah. And my Uncle Sonny, who is also a prodigious gambler in his own right, mm-hmm. her son. Uh, We are visiting her in the hospital, okay, and we've kind of made peace with this is, you know, Elvis is now singing Can't Help Falling in Love, Uh okay? The the limo is running. The colonel wants to get him out of that arena as quickly as possible. I I know that. (laughs) My grandma, with the race form sitting on her snack tray at the hospital, goes into like a bit of a flatline, like a cardiac episode, at which point my uncle Sonny screams like, Mom, the horse. And the last thing she did was she picked up a magic marker, circled grindstone, and died. Instantaneous death. Damn! Hammer the next day. The whole family is all in on grindstone, but he is actually down. Look this up. By 22 and a half lengths. 
and wins at the wire in the biggest comeback no in the history of the Derby. No kidding. Really crazy. And my whole family, again, was like, oh, that's proof she made it to heaven. To me, that was proof she had a gambling problem. I mean, <laughs> listen, if the bus is there to get you, wow. and you're like, hold on, Lord, that's... if I could just have a Sharpie yeah. and a copy of the Daily News. And that's, that's how she that's went out. That's a great story. Grindstone. Grindstone. On the race. Woo! At Look the wire. Up. Look it up, Bill 22 and a half lanes back. There, wow. There it is. <laughs> There it is. That's why you come on Fox. This past year, I went to the Derby for the first time for the actual race. Mm -hmm. As you know, my friend from Cincinnati, Jeff Ruby, it was absolute first-class treatment. If you're a horsing fan, if you're a horse fan, excuse me, Uh if you're a racing fan of any type, Mm -hmm. you got to go with him. Yeah. First class. I just remarkable stuff. Really, I mean, just we the escort, (laughs) the bus. Oh yeah, the locker room. Yeah. Hanging with the jockeys. You know, it's so funny. For all the cool On the rail, up top. You na- it was great. And for <clears> all the cool things we get to do in media, uh, as people who grew up around sports and loving sports, like these are the moments that really pop. Yeah. They really, because you really get it. Yeah. And it's also fascinating because these people do it every day. Mm-hmm. Just the way people are fascinated maybe with us being on TV. <laughs> Listen, I was. That's a, incredible. Uh, my first job in the business was a sports producer many, many years ago. Then I was a sports reporter, ba, 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 ba. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I want to get in the news because I want to continue mm-hmm. to use my brain, ba, mm-hmm. ba, ba, and mm-hmm. just figure it out as I go. Yep. Um, <clears throat> looking back on that now, you mm-hmm. know what's great about that, Jimmy? What? Is that I don't have to pay attention to every baseball game. <laughs> It's a long season. 162's a lot. It's a I'm lot. over there at the Devils game the other night seeing Connor Bedard, the 18-year-old yeah. phenom. Uh-huh. Five minutes into the game, they break his jaw. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell kind of a sport is this? Come on, I drove I broke through, his jaw. He's I drove 18. through the Lincoln he's, Tunnel for this. He's 5'10", 5'11", 185. He's my size. Yep. All right? Jaw mm-hmm. out. Great story. But 2004. I'm living in New York. Mm-hmm. Big racing fan. Mm. Horse racing. You love it. <clears throat> Been to Keeneland, done the whole dance, Turfway Park back home. Oh, we yeah, follow it, yeah. right? Like, what's the Belmont all about? Mm-hmm. So we had the first Triple Crown candidate. We had a few of these for a while. Oh, yeah. you know it. Was this not Big the, Brown? I think, it was, was no, I think it was mine. That but oh, Big yep, Brown broke that. his leg in the starting gate, yep. and I think he was done before the race yeah, was yeah, finished, okay. mm-hmm. if you know what I'm saying. Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, what do you do? You know, yeah. I, I go to J&J Hat Center over here in Fifth Avenue and 31st Street. I get the pork pie hat. I got my jacket on. I'm like, don't drive. Traffic's a mess. I'm mm-hmm. like, really? <clears throat> so I take the train. Uh-huh. I show up. I'm all dudded out. There's 120,000 people there in t-shirt, uh, t-shirts and flip-flops. Uh-huh. I'm like, whoa, 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 where's the style? Yeah, yeah. It has very much changed since then, <laughs> yeah. if you've noticed. Okay? <laughs> all right. <laughs> you walk into the Belmont. Mm-hmm. It's massive. Yep. Looking down that first turn, it's a mile away from you. Mm-hmm. And the track announcer comes out and announces the death of Ronald Reagan. Oh, Talk about it. A- Killer of a dip. Talk about a buzzkill. And the horse racing crowd gets raided. It was either mine, that bird, or somebody finished second. But I I would tear up my betting slips if Reagan uh, goes down. And we're back on the train. The train sits there for at least an hour before it starts moving. I'm like, I got to get to California. I was in hell. Oh, hammer. I I went back for all the others. I was there for for every triple ground possibility (laughs) until it finally (laughs) happened. And that was a great moment at the Belmont. That was incredible because we had... Had like American Pharaoh. Yeah, I believe we had 
four or five near misses yes. in the run-up to that, and yeah. everybody had theories about the races and how the breeding, and they'd gotten too expensive, but it can S- be done. Some all. But that's what makes you know, the Some all lose. <laughs> <laughs> the American Pharaoh and then Justify came back yeah. the next year, so it was, it was back-to-back. Yeah, I remember that. Well, that, that takes us back to like a 77-78 affirmed Seattle yeah. sleuth. Tandem. Very good. Come on. I, Absolutely. I grew up in one of those houses. Walt, we can talk about right it. Right on. Walton, Kentucky. <laughs> Again, right? ever. She died betting a horse. <laughs> That's awesome. Steve Cawthon was the jockey. Yep. Wow. From Walton, Kentucky. Good eye. And Good there's eye. the end of my trivia. I have a question for you, Jimmy. Give it Taylor. to me, Hammer. Let's go. When are you sleeping? What, for real? I get, I get my REM sleep most of it. I'm seeing you always working. We're fighting the ground war. Now, there's two things in play here. Okay. You know, we got a show rolling out Saturday night. We're obviously excited about that. And we got this show to do in the meantime. But my, I have this other level of perspective because I can't explain to the cab driver version of me that this is a difficult day. You know, like if I got on the phone and called 2007 and said, bro, yeah. I got to do TV four times today for a grand total of 20 minutes. And then I got to talk on the radio, bro. Could you say a prayer for me? Yeah. I know you're getting stabbed in a ninja fight on the Van Wick Expressway. And you don't, you don't even have a bank account. 2007, I didn't have a bank account. I had a shoebox. Uh-huh. Like, so imagine to be there and be here. Yeah. I owe that guy an effort. You know what I mean? That's what I'm working yeah. on. I'm not working for anybody but that guy. That guy, mm. man, did he t- He took the punches. Woo. So the point is, I do get during the week a very concentrated like six hours a night. I know that's not eight. Very good. But it's not three. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, okay. I get about a concentrated five and a half, six most nights, but I like to write early before I've interacted with the world. Mm-hmm. So by choice, I will get up four and a half, five and come in. Because I get into my office and write. And what happens is if I'm doing a show like in your slot, uh-huh. if I needed to, I could take a power nap before this show. I very rarely do. Uh, but again, I'm also running on so much good enthusiasm. Yeah, I like that. And it's invigorating. Are you a caffeine guy? Are you a coffee guy? Yeah, what I drink a nice coffee during this show. Just mm-hmm. a black ice. Nothing that fancy. looks like Diet Coke to me. It doesn't it? And Because uh, I have it in a shaker cup. Uh-huh. And because uh, the shaker cup, it kind of obfuscates. So if this was a Kentucky speedball with bourbon and Kahlua, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Bill Hammer's in studio. We're excited. <laughs> right We're on. talking in horse racing analogies. Mm-hmm. Um, we Grindstone. Have, it's we, a great story. Yes, and we have. I, I'll never forget it. Yeah, Jerry it's really, ba- really. Jerry good. Bailey, and if you look it yeah. up, it'll blow your mind. So, really quickly, yeah. uh, we have won a, a race of some consequence. It's called Fox News Saturday Night. It debuts this Saturday. The American people need to know because her. Sharp elbows on Perino. Uh-huh. She elbowed everyone out of the way. I'm a launch right? night guest. Oh, I, I'm shocked I'm on the show. Okay, the way it was explained to me, I was like, can I at least have a speaking part on Fox News Saturday night with Jimmy Fallon? And I haven't been assured of anything, yeah. just that my name is on the show and she'll be there. But I know there'll be a pretty aggressive reach out to the Hammer Camp as well. Can they count on your support? I look forward to it, Jimmy, with bells on, brother. Because this, this is good TV. Because all we're trying to do, Hammer, and yeah. I, you know this from being around me, uh-huh. is we certainly analyze plenty of politics on this show together. Okay, but I always say, if you listen to my show, it is not the Republican Party or the Democratic Party. It's the keg party. That's what we're dishing <laughs> out on Saturday night. It's a red solo cup yeah, for count the world. Me in. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So filtering I, it through a solo cup lens, uh-huh. okay, we've got a, a caucus that kicks off on Monday. 
Okay, in Iowa. I, are they, you're shipping you out there? Uh, Saturday morning, yeah, yes. I was going to ask how this works because yeah. I know. All right, so Saturday morning, you're out in Iowa. I've been assured that the weather's going to be lovely. Fantastic, actually. <laughs> and apparently it's only getting better. <laughs> right? If you saw some of that today, yeah. um, I, we were sitting there during commercial. I said, I don't know. I, I think the check bag is out the door right now. <laughs> I think, and Danny goes, yeah, I think it's full on at yeah. the moment. You know, so. you know it's getting good when they told you you're flying into Cleveland and driving the rest <laughs> yeah, of the right. way. You're going to be traveling with John Candy and Steve Martin. Yeah, that may be the case. Planes, trains, but, and automobiles. Listen, I'm hoping for some drama on yeah, Monday. Yeah, that's what I said. I, I don't know if there's a guarantee of that. You know, they start at 7, mm-hmm. 8 our time. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking you're going to see some colors on that map start to pop up around 8.30 our time. Uh, and we'll we'll see whether or not the others can make a race out of it. Well, what, I, what I'm so fascinated by as a sports yeah. fan is the old – remember the Chris Berman, whenever there was an upset, he'd go, but that's why you play the game, yes. you know? Yeah. There's that aspect to all of this that, Don't I, disagree. Enjoy, that I enjoy so much. Yeah, the and, and we'll see whether or not that happens. Yep. Um, it'd be a better story. Yep. Um, but I don't know if that's a guarantee, Jimmy. Nope. No, I just think it'll be. Can I, just, I, can I tell you what the story is going to be? Yeah. The story is going to be, can Trump get to 50%? Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah. That's, that's the story. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't get to 50, all the media is going to run to the second place finisher for the next eight days going into New Hampshire. And win somebody else New Hampshire. And if that's Nikki we'll Haley, the yeah. and there was a poll that came out that showed her within six or seven points, I don't know if that's the case. Maybe it yeah. is. And if it is, they're going to be. It's going to. Yep. Nikki Haley is will have will have more cameras in her face yep. for that eight day period mm-hmm. than anyone else in America. That's a good point. And this is a woman who's already been on this show. Yeah. So you'd imagine the paparazzi. Oh wow! She up. said yes. Oh no, she's been on the show a lot. <laughs> I like, she's even on. I, like I, I even had her on the Saturday night show uh-huh. dur- during the rotation. And uh, Haley admitted to this on the show. She admitted. I asked her if you ever did you ever do a keg stand in college, knowing she went to Clemson. Uh-huh. Would of course she said yes. <laughs> you dang right she did. If you're going to be our first female president or yes. any future president for that matter, yeah. I think a one keg stand is mandatory. Right, no, because right. we need a human being in there. That's yeah, what we need. That's a great point. What, what was your keg of choice when? You were in college. So here's the deal, Hammer. I grew yeah. up in an era. Remember when Trump was once describing the Mexican immigration system and he's like, they're not sending their best. Right. Okay, out of the Levittown School District, the beer distributors weren't sending their best uh-huh. if you had my budget. So we drank Stroh's. We okay. drank Meisterbrow. Stroh's out of Detroit, by the way. Yep. We drank Meisterbrow. Uh-huh. We drank Rolling Rock out of Old Latrobe, Latrobe Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Yep. We, Milwaukee's Beasts. Uh, yeah. Nothing but the best, Hammer. <laughs> yeah, enough said. And, and, we, and, go ahead. Give it to me. What'd you have? We would drive from Oxford, Ohio, across the state line into Indiana. <laughs> and I think there was a town there. I'd have to Google it. I think it was called College Circle uh-huh. or College Station. Uh-huh. And we could buy a keg of natural light. Yeah, Natty Light! I mean, it is that close to water, Jimmy. <laughs> and we throw them in the trunk and we drive back to Oxford and we have ourselves a time. <laughs> and if it wasn't Natty Light, it was Jobel. Oh, wow. The Deep cut. The Im- the French imported beer from Detroit. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> from Detroit. When Labatt's couldn't get the job done. Right. Oh, that's amazing. Natural Light. One more for the road. Do you yes. remember, because beer went through an ice phase. They had like Natty Ice. They had Bud Ice. Wasn't a part of it. Okay, Molson Ice. Okay, well, when I came of age as a beer drinker, in addition to ice, they also had Bud Dry. 
why ask why drink Bud Dry? Do you uh-huh. by chance remember no, it? No. So that was my go-to. But what you know as an amateur, okay, what you know as a pro that you didn't know as an amateur, is Bud Dry is kind of forecasting the following day. You know what I mean? If you want to talk about a bad hangover, it's 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 promising you it's going to be dry on the front end. So you uh-huh. can only imagine, you know, the how, desert-like how bad, scene. How yeah. bad it I is. I was literally seeing an oasis side. the following yeah, day like I, I was in a desert. I get it. High yeah. desert. I never. wasn't much of a drinker when I yeah. was younger. I think yeah. I really started drinking when I got in this business. Well, that's the difference between hosting but, America's Newsroom and hosting Fox News Saturday yeah, night. I, but I, continue. Correct on that. <laughs> you fire up that keg of Stella. You give me a cold, chilled glass. And we'll have a good time together. That's buddy. why we love you, Hammer. All right, bartender, get to work. You heard the man. Great stuff. Hey, grindstone. <laughs> Let's go. Back after this. You're listening to the hottest show in the country. Our country is in serious trouble. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Whoa! You want to talk about promises made, promises kept here on Fox Across America. We have a listener by the name of Tommy Daniel. Tommy Daniel has a wife named Laura Daniel, and they named their dog after my son, Lincoln. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Shut your mouth. Stop it. They named their dog after my son, Lincoln. Anyway... Uh, we had promised them up and down and sideways, hey, we're going to get down to Alabama. We got we to gotta meet this dog that's named after my kid. This has been going on since we launched the show, like back to like almost 2020, early 2021. And through scheduling snafus and the fact that my career got a little crazy and they got me all over the country, we've never made it to Bama. But we have always been steadfast that we're going to get down there to pet this dog. Well, check it out. Fox has just concer- confirmed Tommy Daniel, Laura Daniel, if you're listening, Lincoln, the dog, if you're listening, uh, I am going to be performing at the Mars Music Hall in Huntsville, Alabama on, on April 13th, 2024. The Mars Music Hall in Huntsville, April the 13th, 2024. Tommy Daniel, fire up the car, whatever you're riding these, the horse, whatever you're into. Get that damn dog and let's meet somewhere. Because I made this promise three years ago and I pride myself on keeping it. If you're in the Alabama area and you're one of those people like, you got to get down to Bama. Come down to the 205. And Tommy, I don't know where Huntsville is in relation to you and Laura. And you might say, well, Jimmy, that's like an hour drive. It's a two-hour drive. It's a three-hour drive. Well, here's a newsflash, candy pants. It's about a 24-hour drive for me or a five-hour flight. So gas it up and don't forget to bring the dog. We'll see you down in Alabama. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, there it is. Here we go. Here we go. If I sound a little passionate out of the gate, it's because I just had a chance encounter with our very next guest who just got fresh off the outnumbered set. And she joins me now in the kiss and cry room. You know, in gymnastics, when you look at your scores to see how your floor routine did. I always got perfect tense. Oh, listen to Emily Campagna already. Get her out. 
Get her out of here. No, we cannot get her out of here because she just got here. Emily Campagna was in the house. The crowd goes wild. Good to see you. Hey, buddy. Congratulations. Oh, I am. Guys, I haven't seen you since the news broke. I know. We've just been texting nonstop. I just, everyone, since this is the first time I've been on Jimmy's show since the news of him hosting the Saturday Night Show came out, I could not be more proud of you, buddy. Stop it. This is like two times in a row that I've had to like humble myself and praise you and profess my love for you <laughs> this instead of the usual crap talking. I'm yeah, like, I don't recognize this stuff. I'm no, just, but I'm so proud of you. Thank you, babe. So proud of yeah, you. But I, I'm well aware that there's a text exchange call coming later <laughs> in which I will be referred to as a fat <laughs> It's coming. You know, anyway. Well, can't uh, deny the truth. Thank you. Amazing. Uh, all I will add to it is, it is there's a lot of validation in the fact that you, me, we have a lot of friends around here who are cool, meaning we're politically astute because we cover it for a living, but our brand is cool. Like, we want to have a good time. We don't want to beat, beat up the other. We don't want to own the libs. You know, we, it's not who we are, okay, one way or the other. We just want to have a good time. And uh, this is a validation of that vision because all of us, I mean, you're going to be on the premiere. You're the first guest that got booked on the show. Think about that. How about that? So you talk about the times that you've had to praise me. I've launched two shows in my career, this show and this TV show. And you were a guest on the first episode of both of them. Dude, because we're right or die. We're like the Sandlot kids made yeah. good. And we're like, I can't believe we're like still wearing yep. the old socks. And yet we're like, wait, you, you're saying I can afford more? <laughs> you're saying I don't have to recycle my, my sandwich from last week? I mean, it's so funny to me. And I love everyone. You guys should know this, too, that Jimmy is as humble on the air as he is off or off as he is on. Um, because every time that I've been congratulating him, sending my support to him and Jenny and Link, he always says it's a win for us. Oh, it is. It's a win for us. And I, I want everyone to understand that Jimmy truly sees this as as the the Yankees just won the World Series and it was the team effort. It really isn't just a hundred percent. And that's I, rare too. Thank you for that. But I do mean I do mean that because like these types of efforts don't succeed unless there's like a groundswell of cool people who support them. Because like when we got into media, nobody was like, hey, what if a guy came along who was like, I don't care. <laughs> well, everybody else had the other side in a headlock. It was like hitting them with a brick. And I was like, hey, do you guys have a beer fridge around here? Totally. There wasn't a market for this. The people listening and watching created the market. So like we owe it to them. So I thank them because it's the right thing to do. And also because I'm going to need some crash houses if this thing goes sideways. That's right. You know what I mean? You're going to need some cash under the mattress and a safe place <laughs> to go. Folks, I got a lot of OTR Be truckers real. listening to the show every day. That's right. I am talking to you folks. <laughs> Can throw a brother a ride and That's get right. me out of state for a while, Emily Campagno. I see this as sort of the creation of the antidote, or at least an acknowledgement of what the antidote is. And what I mean by that is, so to your point, you know, we, 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 in the last few years, the country has experienced a really parting of the Red Seas of parties. We, we've yeah. talked about at length how, for some reason now, Thanksgiving dinners you can't attend, and yeah. it's broken up families, it's divided households, you can't date, you can't roommate, with, that, that the division of the country has been so real. And this, to me, shows that the antidote to all of that, the disgust that everyone feels, they find refreshing mm -hmm. you, man. They find refreshing in the cool, in the normal. Yeah, just having fun. Just having fun. Imagine. But addressing it, man. You're yeah. not an ostrich with your head in the sand. Like, we, don't, yeah. we don't ignore the topics. Yeah. We address it, and then we move on. Yeah, you have fun. Because that's the trick. It's yeah. like the, the other way of doing it is just exhausting. Like people, people are exhausted. And you know what it is, is two people who come from sports. I make this point on the radio a lot. I'll probably make it on the TV at some point. Is in America right now, so you have Republicans who hate Democrats, Democrats who hate Republicans, and that's fine. And they, they both have millions of reasons why. And we can't fix that. But there's a reality that is overlooked in all of this, which is that we're all on one team, whether we want to admit it or not. 
You know what I'm saying? So you can tell me the Republicans are the offense, Democrats are the defense. Maybe you switch that because you probably want the Republicans playing defense at the border right now. <laughs> you probably put the Democrats on offense. Fine, whatever. The sure. point is, but the point is that's what our country has become. Two teams fighting at the offense is yelling at the defense in the locker room. But we have a game to play out there against the rest of the world that isn't really getting won right now because of the fight going on in the locker room. So that's all we're really trying to be. Just give people an hour a night not to fight in the locker room. We're an autonomous zone. Call me Kim Jong Jim. Kim, Kim Jong Un. We're like, and that's why we Kim don't Jong-un. know anything about politics. <laughs> Unlike who? No, we, yeah, I mean, because we're on the same ship. That's what I think about it too. Mm-hmm. Like, if the ship goes down, we all go down. But you know, that, we are yes. we have a commonality here where we are all screwed together. Thank you. Or we're all stoked together. There's a great you can't point. Can't escape that. A great point. Okay, to that. <laughs> the are the issues we're destroying the country over right now, destroying the country, are the same issues we were fighting over in the nineties and the eighties when we could still hang out. You dig? Like when MTV was popping in the late 80s and the Bears are doing a Super Bowl shuffle and everything was happening, we were still divided on immigration and gun control and the border and everything in between. Now we just have social media, which incentivizes the conflict. So we are. I'm, it's Jim Jong-un. I'm a, we're de-escalatory no, measure. Kim Jong-un, dude. But I'm saying Jim because my name is Jim, you jackass. Oh. I did not know his name. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm a companion. That was I embarrassing. Mean, no, it wasn't. I don't come here she for the Yale know. degree. <laughs> JK. Well, um, you can tell. The, there's a lot less anti-Semitism than there would be at an Ivy League that's school. That's true. That's true. Um, you guys, it's because, because you brought up football, because we pre-talked about last night, mm-hmm. just briefly. Yeah. I want everyone to know that my heart is broken, and I'm so disappointed as a University of Washington. Washington alum. Mm. I was so proud of us. What a disappointing end to what was an incredible season. I it just was. have to say that. So, I just have to say my little obituary. It's funny because for all the chatting off channel you do with Jenny, you probably have a good support system as a Buckeye. Yes, exactly. The enemy of my enemy is my, my friend. friend. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh-huh. yeah, me and Jenny were right or die against Michigan and now we are both consoling ourselves with <laughs> Well, you can take consolation in knowing a commercial for my TV show aired like four times during the game, and that was pretty surreal. It was it aired in the first in the first half a bunch, and once in the second half. It's pretty rad. If you didn't see, you didn't see it, but it aired. Everyone called me. It's in no, my I phone. Didn't see it. Wow. How is that possible? Because you're probably blackout drunk during the commercials. <laughs> I watch football with oh, you. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. You don't watch <laughs> every. I've watched. Fo- <laughs> this is a funny story, you guys. I was literally like- for real. I had when Lincoln was a little younger, <laughs> probably about three years ago, maybe four. Uh, we had Emily over our house for football. It was a football Sunday. <laughs> and, you know, Lincoln has watched sports with me. And to be clear, like, I might be betting these games, like a life-changing amount of money, like where the kid <laughs> has to pack up and leave. Yes. But he's never seen rage at a TV screen like Auntie Emily, who shows up in, like, you know, a Raider hat with gold teeth, a spike bracelet. <laughs> like, you actually look like, you know, one of the bikers in the black hole. Totally. And he'd never seen anything like it before. He'd like, he, I was like, yeah, but Jimmy, your friend Chainsaw is here. <laughs> And she just stood in my living room, stood, and just screamed and fought with the TV for four quarters. It was ap- no, it was amazing. I so, can't. It's our favorite thing about you, yeah, passion. <sighs> They're here for the passion, but we have a passion for cool, is the point. That's right. And I think as we're setting sail <laughs> on what they're telling us is going to be the most, it's, never, it's all the most important election of our lifetime. What they should be honest about, and this is what we'll be honest about, is it's the most divisive election of our lifetime. But that's we're right. not going to be that. We're the yeah. cool kids. Because that's how it worked in high school. You were friends with everybody, weren't you? We yeah, friends yeah, with every yeah, yeah like oh hundred percent every group. 
Like, that's what I was like. Yeah, yeah. And that's the best way to be because you understand there's value in every group. Obviously, the burnouts are a great time. Mm-hmm. And if you get in a fight, it's nice to have them around. You know what I mean? Well, and back then, like, all the all the athletes, all the sports teams in which I, I played soccer, everything, whatever, we all and all the dancers. So every everything that I did, everyone in it was super diverse. Yeah. So all of, like – that You're from was the Bay Area. Like, You're, yes, yeah. from the Bay, and then in those particular groups that was represented by everyone. So it had, like, I, I feel looking back particularly blessed because it, like, it wasn't We're, just that I was the go-between between all the groups. Is that I was in the the groups at the top where everyone, uh-huh. like, it didn't matter what you did on the side because yeah. you all played soccer, you all danced, or you all were part of whatever. Oh, in the Bay, yeah, you, you know? And by whatever, she means human trafficking, just so we're all on the same page. You know what this is, you guys? <laughs> this is my alarm to come here. Oh, it is. That's yeah. perfect because you're actually ahead of your hit time. I know. That's I don't. Right. I don't doubt it. Uh, Emily Campagno is in studio, host of the Fox True Crime podcast, co-host of Outnumbered, a debut guest on Fox News Saturday Night, which launched this Saturday, January 13th, 10 p.m. The world will never be the same. Uh, I will say this. Um, it has been really weird, like walking through Times Square this morning. I saw myself on a billboard. And I laughed so hard. Dude, what is that like? Like, literally, it, that, like, what is it like to see? And then are people like, hey, you, like, are they putting together? A little bit together? yesterday because I was there for a while. But what's so weird for me is like, um, that's like I met my buddy Dean on that corner. Like we were handing out flyers for a comedy club on the corner next to the Marriott Marquis. So that, that's like where I started in stand up. That's how you and Dean met? Yeah, we were handing out flyers for like a dead end comedy club. Yo, you had to bark audience members into the show. Like, hey, you want to go to comedy? And that's because there's no audience for you because right. no one's ever heard of you. Right. So that was 20 years ago. We were out there. It's more than 20 years ago, like 22 years ago. Dean's going to be on the show with me too, you guys. Uh, that's a rumor. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Because he, no, he's uh, no, they know that it's back and forth. He's directing a feature film, and uh, depending on shooting schedule, he's but, so awesome. You guys, nice. by the way, his lifetime partner is my <laughs> lifetime partner. Sounds like we're adopting a baby together. Well, is my guy Benson's on next? He's <laughs> a different type of partner. But go ahead. Is and we my love dad's best friend's stepdaughter? How crazy so me is and that? Dean, and like his art is on my wall. Dean is an incredible artist. He's an incredible human. And what I love so much is that we have it was like instant family because we really are related. Yeah. Like we really are all related. And imagine you guys co- moving to New York City. That is me moving to New York City by yourself in a city of what nine million, thirty million? Yeah, I don't know, nine million, whatever. And you're like, I meet you, and then you're like, this is my best friend Dean, and then I'm like. Dean, wait, we're family. Like that that level of like it was it's amazing. It's like that's when you know it was meant to be. Yeah, we have no excuses. Like if we all screw this up, we have we deserve whatever happens to us. Whatever traveling carnival you have to ride a dirt bike through a ring of flames <laughs> to pay the rent. I'll be on the elephant or the horse. <laughs> With the tutu. I know already that's my jam. Wait, I didn't mean to hijack you talking yes, about being in Times Square and seeing your mug. Was it weird to see your face sort of for real the size of a building because it's already the size of like a building but i can't imagine seeing it actually the size of a building like it's sort of stay puffed style where you're like i i yeah, am I, 20 I did, 20 stories wide i didn't quite get the ghostbusters packs if that's what you're wondering we didn't cross the streams and try to neutralize the threat it's really just like it's so funny but you know like everything to get from there to here Okay, which really started out handing flyers in a Times Square comedy club, driving a taxi, you know, doing sets at night. Like me and Dean used to meet up. I drove 5 a.m. to 5 p.m. So we would meet up at 3 a.m. So we could write before work. We would work on whatever we were writing, stand-up, screenplays, whatever, from 3 to 5 a.m. And then we would go outside his apartment on 48th Street. And at 5 a.m. when the sun comes up, every vice in New York City comes above ground. Yeah. 
So all the hookers that are done for the night, for yes. real, the drug dealers, the gun salesmen, anything you can think of that's street crime just actually comes up out of the manholes and out of the corners and out from the brownstones at 5 a.m. and gets driven back to Jersey or wherever they go out of state. So we would always start our day at that reckoning point. This is, it's called the, it's like the passing of the baton. You know what I mean? They're like yeah. the last marchers in the parade of bad choices give way to the working class. They're hosing down sidewalks. Newspaper bundles are thudding onto the sidewalks. It's light out, but the lights are still on the buildings. You know that moment? Yep. And there's so much clarity in that moment. So that's how we would start our day every day. And that was like years of my life, you know, like seven, eight years of my life, like in that capacity and doing like stand up at night. Um, So to be back on that corner, like on the billboard is like, it's mind blowing, but on a level that I don't even attempt to process. I couldn't process it. Like I couldn't tell you what it was like other than like, I'm just... Honestly, if you want to know, it's because you would appreciate this because you work in TV. All you actually want to know, no matter what happens to you, is how you look. You know what I mean? Because if I'm on that billboard and I think I look fat or I like the outfit, that was the immediate real That's totally. the first thing you – would it not be the first thing you looked at as a TV person? 100%. You have to because you got to be like, oh, my God, wait, this is going to run for two weeks? Hey, like, can we take this down? <laughs> so, but that's crazy. that's like the indicator that you're there, man. Yeah, yeah. It's because nuts. you're not in a puddle on the sidewalk. You're like, hey, my jacket's a little off. It's because yeah. it's so right yeah. that you can focus on the details. Yeah, I was rad. talking about this with my other half actually about mm-hmm. this yeah. in your show, and we were talking about how, you know, to some people, oh my gosh, overnight, Jimmy, this explosive success, and we were discussing how there's no such thing as overnight with you that you are that you are representing, the success is representing decades of that oh, hard yeah. work and determination and incredible, incredible discipline that you just you just touched on it, the writing with Dean every day mm-hmm. from three to five. That is like the tip of the iceberg of what Jimmy used to do and has done for so long. Oh, yeah, we so didn't this even, success yeah. is earned, man. No, it's been you. predicted. It was, it was bound to come. It was written in stone because there is no way the effort and the energy that you have deployed for so many decades wouldn't, plus your sheer talent, wouldn't have resulted in this meteoric rise and being on a billboard in Times Square. So anyone saying like, yeah, man, Jimmy just exploded on the scene, just know that you are the, the, the tip, the top, whatever it's called, of the train, and the train was long. Like, you Damn. guys have been working your butts off that's crazy so long it is crazy and thank you for saying that and you guys need to know as we head to break now that she's released all that dopamine Mm -hmm. i am gonna get called i'm gonna read the names that you call me later on the show tomorrow well you're buying me dinner for all of this (laughs) i've been i eat twice as much as jenny and you're buying us both dinner after this so it's worth a little bit me and dean went out to the to bobby vans last week He announced that he was paying for dinner under the premise that he has never has to buy me dinner or a drink again. And I'm like, you're actually right. I love that. The final final meal. The last supper, we called it. Drinks on me, you guys. Uh, Great hit, man. Congratulations, buddy. I love you, pal. Back after this. A show so good, it's hard to describe. It's not a matter of, it's a matter of, you just, oh, in the club, I mean, um, as, as, and, uh, you know. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You know, so, uh. Am I ever? It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Anthony Blinken, 
uh, speaking right now. He's your Secretary of State. Says it's time to let the Palestinians return home. He's saying this in Tel Aviv. I don't doubt that will upset some of the Israelis because it very much looks like the administration is hedging on its support. Administration's got a lot of problems right now. Okay, you got Secretary of State Lloyd Austin, the guy who's in charge of the whole freaking thing. Goes out and gets an elective procedure off the grid for a week and doesn't tell anybody. That's not right. Alex is in Brooklyn. He's got ideas. Alex! Hey, Jimmy, thanks for taking the call. By the way, you have no idea how excited I am you're going to be getting that show. Oh! I, I was pretty. I was so sure it was going to be you, but I'm just disappointed it's not being called Failavision. <laughs> because that's a perfect name for you. Right. Oh, we're going to get it um, there. Okay, I hope so. Uh, I disagree with you about Lloyd Austin getting fired for mm-hmm. you know being MIA and not being transparent because he's not the only person in this administration that goes to MIA for a long time. You got Kamala Harris does it all the time. Joe Biden does it plenty of times. And Kamala Harris and Joe Biden, they have no excuse for not showing up except that they don't want to and they're just terrible performers. <laughs> right. Lloyd Austin at least has an excuse that he was sick right now. Yeah, but so there's a chain of command them, issue that he violated. That's all I'm saying. Like when you when Biden goes so, to the beach, he can go to the beach. And like what I take from Biden is that he's not in charge. And what I take from Austin not telling Biden is that Biden's not in charge. So I don't think there's a commentary in Austin. I think it's a commentary on Biden because it's so grab- here's my solution. Uh-huh. We, we fire all of them at one time. <laughs> so you're saying election day. That? You're an election day yep. firing kind of guy. Old fashioned. Sure. Well, yep. I like that. I mean, they're missing in action, and when we do see them, it's even worse. Let's just get rid of them. It's done with them. Now we're going to need to revisit this if election day comes and the only candidate on the ballot is Joe Biden, because that's the direction they're trying to go in right now. But uh, I'm with you on letting democracy sort it out. Great call, Alex. We'll do it again soon. And yes, Failavision will be watching you this Saturday night, Kennedy. The human highlight reel. The woman who started me here on Fox joins us next. Despite the football and talk Golden Globes, girlfriend. It's America's life coach. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Wow. Is it ever? And they say every superhero needs theme music. This superhero has flown in to talk dirty to me by poison. And if anyone has talked dirty to me over the years, not in the way you might think. Uh, I mean, she talks to our tour manager in those tones. But uh, Kennedy is here and the crowd goes wild. Hello, hello. Uh, That's the crowd. Or me removing a hairball from the back of my throat. (laughs) It's a long day. Hey, here's something you've never done on this show, but you got famous for doing on other people's radio shows. At some point during the broadcast, (laughs) could you give them your impression that you used to call in, explain this to me. Tell me the backstory of this. Mm-hmm. It's a dog getting hit by a car? Yeah, yeah, that's right. That he- was uh, in high school. <laughs> I made a name for myself on a, a local radio show where I would call in, and first of all, I would give them high school gossip, which I thought was a great segment. <laughs> and then the other one was uh, I, I worked up this impression of a dog getting hit by a car. Do you have one in you? Ready? Okay. <laughs> It's awful. I'm not proud of it. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am proud of it. Yeah, I am you proud own of it. it. You lean in, girl. <laughs> Kennedy is here, and no dogs were hurt. None. In the making of that back and forth. 
We actually happen to be pro-dogs, so pro-dog, in fact, that we get our dogs together twice a year so they can bark at each other's wieners in my house. Why is this a thing? My dog is so lazy. Uh, It takes him about 30 seconds of jumping around and butt sniffing, and then he just lays on his side so his head is at Bixby's wiener level, and he just lays there for an hour and barks at your dog's package. It really happens. But the thing about dogs, you know, you talk about, like, social pressure campaigns. Mm. Like, in politics, you know, there'd be, like, a Democrat be like, vote for us or people are going to die. Vote for us or you're a racist. The (laughs) dogs have the original social pressure campaign because if one dog starts barking, every dog's like, I I better bark. Yeah, I got to bark. I better bark. What the the hell am I doing over here? I look like the the lazy ass. So to that point, you know, Jenny has her curio cabinet, which has been with us since marriage. Okay, Bixby has seen himself in that mirror every day every for day. as long as he's lived. But one day, Lemmy showed up and started barking at his reflection. And Bixby was like, well, we got to bark. I mean, you don't, <laughs> this guy's bark. You got to bark. I mean, dogs have the ultimate support system. Yeah, because it's like Bixby's a friend. It's like, hey, man, right yeah. or die, whatever you're doing, yeah. I'm doing. Uh-huh. And Lemmy's like, well, I'm not a smart dog, but I see another dog in the, in the window. So I got to bark at that dog to make sure that dog don't come in here. <laughs> And Bixby's like, well, I'm, I'm going to support you, man. Uh, I guess You're I'll my b- special friend. I, I'll bark at myself. Yeah, what do you want sure. from me? I, I don't mean, know. I know it's me. Like, I actually know <laughs> it's me. Like, I'm still going to bark. At one point, Bixby turned around and looked at me. He's like, I'm, I'm helping out. I get it. I get it. Don't worry. <laughs> don't, <laughs> put me on, don't put me on dog meds. I get it. I'm cool. He's like, he's like look up at me. Like, yeah. no, I know. This is new for him. Kennedy's here. We're excited. We're talking about dogs. And uh, we, you know they say, like, that dog won't hunt? Joe Coy as a Golden Globes MC. Won't hunt. That's your column. I want to read it really quick. It is up in the Daily Mail. It's required reading in not just the fail house, but I would say every house in America. I would I, like it to be. I would you say. You know, it should be common core, but instead of math, <laughs> you know, my goofy Daily Mail columns. And then based, let's be honest, based on, you know, your life, it's more like common whore. Good night, everybody. God, gotta go. Well, I don't call me the USO for nothing, Jim. <laughs> She's done a lot for our boys in the military. Has she ever? <laughs> Anchors away. Uh, title is revealed. Best supporting bustier, most bungled banter, worst host, and most mock royals. Kennedy's wickedly scathing verdict of the rusting Golden Globes. I was shocked at how bad they were. Like, I, I, I have no expectation for award shows at this point. But we'll start with Joy Coy because he's the obvious and we can ski downhill from there. We talked about this yesterday on the Kennedy Saves the World podcast. The idea that this guy got on stage not only bailed on the writers, but was like, I just got the gig 10 days ago. Do you know how much time 10 days is to write jokes about the most famous human beings on earth? He's he's not writing a volume of Encyclopedia Britannica. <laughs> he's <laughs> writing a ten minute monologue, which is all gimmies. At best, I mean, it's, it's all layups. Because everyone in the room gets every reference. You never have that again in comedy. I will tell you twice in my life I've had this for real. Okay, if you're hosting an award show because they've all seen the movies, they're all nominated, they all know each other. And it was very fortunate a few times here when Hannity was doing live audience, he would have he let me do stand up after the show. I could work out material, and I knew exactly what I could talk to them about because they watch the show. That doesn't. Exist in comedy. When you go on stage normally, as you know, we tour, we tour. People know us. They're excited to see us. But you don't know who's in the room. A lot of variables. You, you, I mean, and have we met all of them? <laughs> some Could armed. Be someone with a restraining order. <laughs> some with restraining Could orders. Could be a, a man with an adult child who has a fish hook through a septum. <laughs> We're not exaggerating. No, trying to pawn him off so I'd marry him and take him off his hands. People want us to sign their children's faces. That really happened. I had to shut that down in Naples, by the way, because Lincoln got upset. He doesn't want me writing on other kids. They're nice people. 
people. But he doesn't want me writing on kids. He can't write on kids. What's going Boundary on Boundary stand. It was like weird to him. Because you know what? As a teenager, you really can't support writing on anyone if they haven't earned it by passing out drunk in your presence. And that that used to be an art called rat effing. Yes. And we've, we've lost. Uh, yeah. We've talked about this. We've lost that and the art of streaking. Thank you. Shrieking one away, but it will come back if we have our way. Uh, Kennedy is in studio. We're having a grown-up talk about all things America. But we. But were Joe Coy, I was, yeah, I was watching that, and it, I was so uncomfortable, so the Daily Mail asked if I would watch it and, and write about it. And mm-hmm. I was like, sure, but I was so bored after five minutes, and then I felt like this uh, empathetic disgust, like mm-hmm. this bile rising in my throat, watching this guy just fail utterly because he had this big smile on his face. He wanted to be liked and accepted by everyone in the room, mm-hmm. but his directive is you have to make fun of these people. Yeah. Ricky Gervais set a really high bar. Yeah, he's great. Like, you have to mess with people or you have failed. Because they see the fear And Sasha Baron Cohen actually did a pretty good job when he hosted the yep. Globes, Globes in the Ricky Gervais kind of interim period. Mm-hmm. But this guy won wanted to be liked so badly it zapped his confidence yep. and they could smell blood in the water yeah, and then they all had permission to not laugh because they could feel him bombing yeah no it's true and, and, and a- i thought to myself in that moment like jimmy would be so much better here you really should be my agent kennedy, kennedy right, is I, here uh, it's true no it is true uh but no we talk about this because we have done the amount of touring that we've done and you really do get to know what that experience is like for him in that, you know, I always say in comedy, it's not read the room, it's lead the room. He was not leading that room. No. He was like, is this okay? Oh, Taylor Swift he was didn't such laugh. such a beta male. I know, but and he bailed so quick. That's the point I was going to make, is that he, relax, guys, you want a perfect monologue? Shut up. I wrote these and that, but to him, he thought he was going for funny there. Like, it was an alpha move. You said sure. he was a beta male. You're right. He was making a beta move, okay? But he was trying to sell it as an alpha move. Because he's like, I, I, we only got this 10 days ago. I wrote the jokes you're laughing at. No, you didn't. Because any comic who feels the need to declare that clearly didn't write those jokes and is exhibiting, like, a major league level of insecurity on stage. And the reason I mean so much to me Okay, is because after discussing this with you on the Kennedy Save the World podcast, which you guys have to watch because it's us, it's video, it's so animated. Every Monday, Big Jim Fela comes by, and, and it's and unforgivable. We literally, like grab the world by the it, by the Jimmy. You know where the out of bounds line. Senseless. You know where the out of bounds line is. We are about a $34 cab drive past the out-of-bounds line. <laughs> like, we really are. Like, late night when but there's not if, even a surcharge on the were, meter. If it were a ski slope, we yeah. would have caused an avalanche. No, it's a bad situation. But we had all this, it's funny, we had all this talk about Joe Coy bombing and you sensing him bombing and your energy manifesting a bomb. Last night I went down to the Gotham Comedy Club for their, the post-holiday party. The first kid I ran into was the kid who wanted to meet you and you ruined his stand-up set. <laughs> for audience participation because he was telling a sad story about his childhood and I was doing what I thought the audience was being directed to do and go, oh, I thought that's what everyone was supposed to do. Now, granted, I was 14 Jack and Cokes into the night. So maybe my perception was slightly skewed. Kennedy shows up. This is the way it works. And this is why I love stand-up, like club stand-up and wish I could do more of it. Because on a Saturday night, you do three shows. Wow. But there's what's great about it is there's two shows, eight and ten, that are always sold out. And, you know, you're, you're hitting at Coors Field. The wind's blowing out. You can't do bad. It's physical impossibility. You're bumper bowling. So you just overperform. They explode with laughter. But after two of those shows, if the late show happens 
and it's 12 people instead of 350 that laugh at hello, you really have to have an ability to connect with these people or you're dead. Because you're not doing comedy. I call it like comedy smelling salts. You have to make sure they're awake. You have to engage them. Oh, my God. You have to customize this performance to the room you're in. I didn't even think about it because there could be some bad choices that lead to that late comedy show. Because you know who's at the late comedy show for real? It's it's dates who haven't decided whether or not they want to have sex yet. So they're hanging out for another two rounds of drinks. A couple of people who couldn't get into the earlier show. And, you know, a couple of just people who want to be there. And I'd say that's about 6% of the late show. 6% is people who genuinely wanted to be there. Well, anyway, it's a very unique circumstance to perform in. But Nathan McIntosh, I'm not going to name names, but it rhymes with Nathan McIntosh. <laughs> uh, he was riding the high of highs. He's new to New York. He's Canadian. He's a redhead. He talks about being a ginger. Nobody will date him. And at eight, Is it and, Prince Harry? And at eight, I know, right? And at 8 and 10, he's like crowd surfing off the stage. At 1 a.m., I get a text from you like, hey, you still doing that 1.30 show? <laughs> and I would say no to anybody but you. I'd be like, no, no, they canceled it. But I can tell you're going to show up whether there's a show or not. And now I'm going to be stuck with you with no show to kind of wrangle you in. So I'm like, yeah, we're doing the show. Come on down. So I said to him, you know, Kennedy's coming down. She can watch the show. He's like, MTV Kennedy? I love Kennedy. Oh, my God, Kennedy's coming? And you might have been friends with a pro wrestler at the time who he Maybe. also loved. Yeah. He's like, oh, the wrestler's coming? I love yeah, this guy. Yeah. Wait, I'm going to perform for Kennedy and this wrestler? Yeah. I'm like, are you ever, girlfriend? <laughs> so I bring this kid on stage, the riding the high of his life. Like he assumes the limo is running outside the club nonstop to Hollywood. Two girls. To, sponsors lined up down the street. Yeah, oh, sponsors, escorts, you name it. Remember those limos in the 80s that had hot tubs in the back? Like the Sultan of Brunei would be in one. <laughs> She's shaking her I head. Still, I still want to, like... Take it. I know that I would get like external syphilis with my immune system yeah. if I stuck a toe in one of those tubs, <laughs> but I still have that longing. <laughs> well, the thing about herd syphilis for you is you do have herd immunity. So you're, you're fine. You can't get it twice, right? I mean, let's be honest here. It's a, didn't we learn that about COVID? So anyway, this kid riding the high of highs, but it's going to get higher now because Kennedy's coming. He loves Kennedy. There's nowhere to go but up. <laughs> Nathan McIntosh. So he tells a joke about no one will date him, and Kennedy did what she said. She goes, oh. And it totally threw him off, and he's... which I didn't expect. He, like, <laughs> he stopped, and he stared at me, and he was like, why would you do that? And I was like, yay! <laughs> and then you pulled me aside after, and you're like, you can't heckle people. And I'm like, that was not heckling. No, that no. was support. People can heckle, but you can't heckle because you're their hero. So imagine Sad. this. This is a guy. This this, I only have one other thing to compare it to. So there's a guy, George Kennedy. He won an Oscar in Cool Hand Luke. Uh, he's the guy who fights Paul Newman. He plays Dragline. He's Ed in The Naked, in the naked gun. gun. Congratulations, Ed. I heard Ed is pregnant. Yeah, and when I catch the guy that did it, <laughs> you know, that whole thing. So I was talking to him once, and he had a Nathan McIntosh experience. He said his, his idol was Sinatra. He got cast in a movie with Frank Sinatra. It was a Western called Dirty Dingus McGee. That's a real movie. Maybe that's where Joe Biden's getting his lame <laughs> dog face pony soldier line. So anyway, he said Sinatra being a And by the way, hero. that was my nickname in high school. <laughs> it's a biopic. It's a biopic. It's a biopic about Kennedy. So he was uh, starring with his childhood hero in Dirty Dingus McGee with Sinatra. He grew up in one of those houses where they had the Sinatra picture next to the Virgin Mary clamshell. It's a big deal. 
and uh, crying Sinatra. Through no fault of his own, he was late to the set, and his first encounter with Sinatra was a scene where Sinatra was breaking a pool cue over his back, and he was tied to a tree. But he didn't get there early enough to say hello and ingratiate himself. So Sinatra was mad that he was running late. He's a new guy who he is. And he said he actually, like, beat him half to death. Oh, my God. But it was his childhood hero. It was like, so he had, like, the I'm finally meeting Sinatra after 40 years of him being on the mantle, but getting beaten to death, which is bizarre. And, yeah, uh, and, and it's like, do I like this? Like, is this the worst day of my life? <laughs> is this assault or the point a compliment? Is, the point is, somewhere Nathan is paying an escort to pick up a pool cue, call herself Frank, and beat him while he's tied to a tree playing mid-90s Nirvana. Yeah. That's what's going on. I have promised so many people, so many people, that when the Saturday Night Show launches, you're there all the time. Oh. No, but can we commit to that? Because I've only promised them two things, you and Taylor Swift. <laughs> I need ratings. I, I need I, Taylor Swift's going to be there, guys, this well, Saturday. Well, according to the New York New yeah. York Times, she and I might be dating now. Because <laughs> the lady who wrote that article was like, oh my God, Taylor is so gay. Like, I'm gay, and I know gay, and Taylor's gay. Like, maybe Taylor and I could be gay together. She's talking to me in her secret gay language. Listen, if you think about this, if you want to talk about language like breaking the internet, a Kim Kardashian sex tape, if Taylor Swift drops a sex tape, there actually wouldn't be an internet. That's there true. There wouldn't be an internet. You That's, mean with a, with a female or like Travis Kelsey? I, I don't think there's any bad way to do it. He's dragging around an elephant's trunk. <laughs> I don't think. I He's don't a think, tight end in more ways than one. <laughs> I don't think, but I don't think there's any one wrong, wrong way to do it, Jenny. Uh, you know, <laughs> the point is, this is a big tape. Well, according to, you know, gossip, Jenny is her type. <laughs> that Actually, that is true. It's very true. Jenny, she loves tall blondes. Jenny could actually make the furniture. <laughs> <laughs> that they defile together. The got the K train man. The Talk best. about the clamshell on the mantle. <laughs> oh man, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, now get her out, get her out of here. We're back after this. You're the best. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I enjoyed it. It was an unbelievably interesting experience. There it is, Fox Across America, with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Going to be talking to Aaron Berg and Onika McLean in the next hour. Buckle up, buttercup. Michelle Obama making the media rounds again. The hot talk is she's terrified of what's going to happen in 2024. Does that mean she's going to run for president? The answer would be no. Don't take anyone seriously who ever tells you. Michelle Obama is going to run for president. Pundits like to reflexively do it. Like, oh, she could swoop in out of nowhere. Dun, dun, da. There is absolutely no scenario where she runs for president. These people are worth over a billion dollars since leaving office. They ride around the world, you know, kite surfing with Bono and, you know, sunbathing on Steven Spielberg's yacht. The last thing on earth they want to do is go work a rope line in Iowa and shake hands with the little people. I agree with that. Okay, they want nothing to do. They're living in Martha's Vineyard in a house so big it has like an airport. Okay, believe me, they ain't coming out to work the rope line, okay? And there's no world, there's no scenario where she runs again. Now, I'll be honest. There are other prominent 
female Democrats who would like to make a run for the White House. I'm Hillary Clinton, and I approve this message. But Michelle Obama is not one of them. That being said, they're going to speak out. They're going to get very vocal. uh, And one of the things you're going to hear about in the next hour is this new report that Michelle Obama is like, oh, this Biden guy. I don't know about this Biden guy. Okay, think about this. The Obamas never wanted Biden to be president. In fact, Barack Obama thought so highly of Joe Biden that at the end of their two terms in the White House, he talked him out of running in 2016. Tell him like it is. Talked him out of running. Nah, it's Hillary's turn. Get out of the way. When Biden ultimately ran for president in 2020, Obama didn't come out and endorse him until 20 other people had dropped out of the race. So you understand he didn't want to do this to begin with. Obviously, they're going to support the party nominee in this moment. Yes, they are pledging support to Biden, but they would absolutely positively love to pledge their support to someone else. If you're picking up what I'm putting down on the floor, Biden just fell down on. Uh Oh, I'm in trouble. Live from everywhere, USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is, girlfriend. We are back in action for a big hour of Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, bringing in two of my buddies for the full hour. Like I'm Larry King. You remember Larry King? Be like, for the full hour. Yeah. And he used to say that. He used to get people all excited. They'd be like, you know, I like, we could convince these people that they like watching CNN. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know that it ever worked. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastard. <laughs> Probably not. They are. But for the full hour, Aaron a Berg. Full hour. Aaron Berg and a friend of ours, Onika McLean, in the house. Hey, girl. Hey, Good hey, to see you. Guys, what's up? Uh, we are open to the public, uh, available for your entertainment. Uh, mm-hmm. 888-788-9910. Onika, you've never been on the show before. The show has one rule. This is what I say. Okay. And I'm going to say this on my TV show on Saturday night. Okay. I have a multimedia empire. Like, you have no idea where really? this is going. No, okay. and only fans. Like, you don't know where this is yeah. going. How many fans you got? One? <laughs> oh, I didn't need that. <laughs> a cheap shot out of the gate. Oh, get her out. Get her out of here. That's enough out of you. <laughs> but the only rule on the show, I say, every day I say, be a Republican, be a Democrat. Just don't be a is that fair? Right. When you look out at the world. What was that you, beep? Libertarian? Well, it's whatever you want it to be. Don't <laughs> <laughs> So whatever you want to be. You know, like, right. if, if, if you ever watched the Smurfs back in the day, they used to use the word Smurf for everything. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, oh, they're Smurfing in the woods with Smurfettes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Looking back now, you realize Smurfette was really taking on all comers. Yeah. You know? <laughs> As a kid, you're like, I guess they're farming? I don't know. I actually saw she was on Epstein's list. <laughs> Smurfette. <laughs> I, thought they were, I thought they were brothers and sisters. She was a, she was, now, Smurfette was, the Smurfs are 12, so she's a little too old. But, you know, yeah. she's probably friendly with Prince, Epst, uh, <laughs> Prince Andrew. Smurfs were 12? How the hell do you know this? You stop it. I'm making stuff up. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Aaron Berg, Onika McLean are here for the full hour. We're talking about America and everything going on in America. Uh, and more importantly, introducing Onika to our audience. Reintroducing Aaron, who was hanging out on the show constantly. And then Hamas had to go and ruin it. The war just really put a stop to the fun that we were having in this studio. Now, we continued to have fun. They just didn't want it packaged as two comics for an hour. Yeah. Making balloon animals and doing (laughs) card tricks and playing spin the bottle while everyone was dying. Yeah. We we think of the Middle East as Suffolk County, Long Island. (laughs) But Aaron is back. The world is a better place for it. And uh, he has brought us a new guest. And congratulations. Oh, about the show. Yeah. yeah. Aaron's going to be on the show uh, in a few weeks, right? Yeah, very excited. Fox News Saturday Night with Jimmy Fallon, 10 o'clock show. It's a kind of a big, big deal. billboard Times Square act now from cab driver 
to Billboard and Times Square. You used to drive past those billboards. I used to sit under them in traffic. It's so weird. But like when people say, like, hey, like what would the cab driver version of you say if he knew this was going to happen? I actually did believe it was going to happen. That's why I didn't drive my car off the Throgs Neck Bridge. <laughs> you like, just kept on saying it's going to make it. You just have, stick to you it. You know stick the to way it. this works. Like mm-hmm. to get into showbiz, okay, it means you've wanted to do it since you were a kid. Yeah. Yes. Then you thought about doing it through your adolescence in the time that you were consuming a lot of it, but also hearing in the back of your head how it ended good for nobody. <laughs> right? Nobody. And, and, and then this moment where you're like, all right, I wanted to do this too as a kid. Everybody who pulled it off is screwed. I'm going for it. Yeah, yeah. And then you it. become, you have to be a sociopath. Because so much of the beginning of comedy is convincing yourself it's going a lot better than it is because you've got to be fired up. You know, like, hey, I just got paid at a ground round in popcorn. It's a three-hour drive from the city. I did four minutes. There was nobody there. I'm quitting my day job. Like, I've made it. Yes. I've clearly, and that's it's, how it starts, right? it delusional at first. It's yes. very delusional, even up until this point. Yeah. And then the people, <laughs> you said up until this point. Yes, right? up yeah. until this point. And then the people that make it at a young age are ruined. The oh, people destroyed. that get it too early, yes. they're, yeah. they're done for. Yeah, yeah, because you don't respect or appreciate the opportunity. And you don't, you know, you're convinced there's another one coming around the corner. Yeah. Like, here's a newsflash that I'm hip to. I'm a 47-year-old community college semi-graduate. Stop right. With a taxi license. Nobody (laughs) likes a show-off. I graduate. I I realize there's not a second one of these laying around somewhere for me to trip over on the sidewalk. You got really lucky. This is it, kid. You you got to get it done. You know, like you said about, like, as a kid, Mm -hmm. as a kid, I used to interview myself in the mirror. Yeah, you did. I don't know what the hell I was. I was uh, like, it's called. It... Oh, no, it's called schizophrenia. Oh, it's, 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 and it's fine. I was like I could not stop. <laughs> you did. How are your interviewing skills? Uh, they're great. No, is that true? Like when you interview yourself? Because I used to do things like that to myself in a taxi. So it's a funny thing for people listening. You, you're not familiar with this. Mm-hmm. Sometimes if I'm guest hosting Greg Gutfeld's show and I tell a joke and it's like I know it's way too far. It's, yeah. like, it's submarine exploded joke, something like that, yeah. and the crowd mm-hmm. loves it. I'll go Jimmy like that, and yeah. I say it out loud. The reason. I do that is because I used to drive around in a cab alone thinking the most depraved thoughts you could ever think. That's how I would snap myself back to reality. <laughs> it's like your God like, voice. Jimmy, would you, would you stop it. Yeah. You are not strapping a bomb to your chest. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like, Jimmy. That's and that's good. how I would get out of it. Yeah. You know? you're in a dialogue. Yes. You're calming yourself down. Thank you. So, there is some good. Yes. So, so much. <laughs> it's true. But so much of your existence. And I think... Um, you know, some people who get into showbiz have Michael Jackson's dad, Joe Jackson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't, so I created one. Like, in order to work hard, I, had a, I have a guy who yells at me all day in my head, like, you fat idiot, you're the worst. You're, and then right before I go on stage, he's like, you look good, Michael. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> and then I crush it. That's how it works. You're better than all he your brothers. And then that piano, he knows me. Yeah, then that piano comes on. That piano comes on, and that's how they got Michael to dance. He's totally false. It's not true. <laughs> Aaron Bergen or Nika McLeaner here. We're talking about showbiz and how you make stuff happen. You will it on the universe. So who, Onika, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. You're watching showbiz as a young Onika. Like prior to you getting a red carpet job interviewing yourself, right. uh, which is your first, break in, your first break in showbiz really is admitting you want to be in showbiz. It is, mm-hmm. right, Aaron? Wouldn't you yeah, say? I mean, I was six years old and I used to look in the mirror. And I would pose, and I'd be like, I'm going to be an action hero. And now, you know, I do something very similar, but at rest stops up and down the Jersey Turnpike. <laughs> and it looks that's like action. an action hero, yeah. though. Oh, yeah, well, that, that's an that action the, hero. That was, <laughs> that, that was the fantasy. It, it starts really young. Uh-huh. But I'm curious, what Onika, Yeah, what were the interviews What were you like? watching before you started interviewing yourself? Who made you want to be in showbiz? Uh, me. 
Cause really? I, yeah, because my life was so goddamn crazy. I was like, I got to make up something. <laughs> so, no! <laughs> so I made it up in my head. And I was like, I would interview myself. But it started like having fights at school, or arguments at school. For real? And I didn't say the thing that I wanted to oh. say. And then I got to look at myself and I say, you should have said, you know what? You're stupid. Right? <laughs> and then I shook my little head. And then it just became like. You're Sasha Fierce? Because yeah. I once read Beyonce has a Sasha Fierce. Like yeah. she becomes this other version of herself. Yeah, so that she can do things. Things, you know, the, yeah. So, the, and hot. then it just kept, then it just kept progressing. And now it. we've evolved to the point where our alter egos come out of us naturally. Yeah, yeah, they're just there. Yeah, I always say that to people. You get to a point doing stand up where it's like you're flatlined dead inside. You're the mm-hmm. same person in both scenarios because you know what you're going to do. Yeah. You know, it's, that's my experience. Um, and I always think about where you start. You know, when you start, everybody always says, "Like, I can't believe you got on stage in front of that many people." But wouldn't you say I think it's easier to be on than it is to be off when you're starting when you're about to go out there because once you're on it's live ammo you got to do something you got to yeah. say something the adrenaline didn't you feel like your first like 50 sets were an out of body experience oh yeah yeah it, it was over and then you were processing this right this other realm was that how you describe yeah, it Aaron? you could and then you'd get off stage and you'd feel really down and be like oh boy that was such a rush yeah and the notion of being discovered can you you think you're gonna get discovered on your first show yeah when yeah, you yeah. go into a yeah. comedy club yeah. and you're on an amateur night you're like this is it. I'm the next Jim Carrey. It's like sex, right? You think you did better than you did, right? Actually, <laughs> you'd be like, it was amazing. People are like, you started, well, you didn't finish. No, I, <laughs> oh, no. I think I always do great. Oh, no. <laughs> We're talking to Aaron Berg and Onika McLean. No, it's true. But it is, in that regard, you're right that comedy, in a way, a lot is like sex in that. The first time you're doing it, you're not as good as you think. But with comedy, like, you have an audience. Right. You actually watch it. <laughs> it's probably better, right? No, you don't forget your first. You know, just, that's, you know, the old, you never forget your first. Unless it was with Bill Cosby, yeah. obviously. But the point is. Because you had to forget. Stick you, with, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, way to keep up with the group, Onika. Way to I'm keep up with the group. Oh, I'm up, huh? Um, hey, girl. Um, but I will tell you, um, my first time doing stand-up, I was at an open mic in New York Comedy Club. It was in the coat track room. You know, you'd perform in a side room. Yeah. And so people were doing everything. And the girl who wanted before me uh, did a monologue. She dedicated it to a dead grandmother. She punctuated it by putting a rose on the stool and crying her way off stage. This is uh, killer. I mean, Where is she working? White woman tears. So Yay! Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're very powerful. They are very powerful. Yeah. It's like, and that was my first experience with someone stealing my act. Yeah. It's like, right, you got to get up there. You got to get up there and find a way regardless. Your material's gone. <laughs> and uh, I ran up there and banged out what I thought was like the 10 greatest jokes ever written. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Never told them again. They were horrific. Really? Yeah. Really? Bombed within an inch of my life. But uh-huh. still left like feeling like I was in command. Start sweating? No, not at all. No, because no, I was, again, back to the being a sociopath. Yeah. There's a euphoria of doing it that you have no feel for how it's going so much as you just are going and it's sick. It yeah. was sick. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, I, and I think that's the best way I can describe it to you is there's this propulsion of delusion that tells you you're one of the idiots that's going to pull this off that makes you immune, I think, in the beginning. Like, I had a year of not knowing it didn't work because I was so excited to be there, yeah. you know? Did you have that, or were you capable of, like, critical self-assessment early? The first bomb I had was, like, the third or fourth show. I killed on the first show. And then after that, someone goes, you're great. Can you do my show? And I go, yeah. And I thought I would do five minutes. They go, do ten. And I did not have ten. (laughs) (laughs) So I did five, and I was up there, and I saw him at the back, and I was like, I need need help. (laughs) Can you get up here? 
And it literally turned into that. And then after that, I was like, I want that to never happen again. So I'm at least going to be able to BS my way through as long as I have to BS my way through. You start writing and you find a way. Yeah. Yeah. Onika, we'll get to you in a second. Reese is in Sheridan, Wyoming, and he cares. He's passionate for this conversation. Reese! Mega dittos to you, my friend. Congratulations. I just want to say on behalf of... uh, all, a lot of your radio listeners, I know some of them may not like you, but I think the most do. But we're very, very proud of you. Oh, and Reese. that you're, uh, you're you're getting in on a Saturday night show. And, man, we watched you on the, the Fox Nation uh, app oh. on, the, uh-huh. on the phone. Yep. You're, uh, they're just jokes. Oh. And, dude, that was so funny. It was awesome. I love that. I can't wait to meet you in person someday. Oh. No, it's going to happen. I just want to call and give you... Just wanted to call and give you some kudos. You're you're doing great. We appreciate you, and keep doing what you're doing, my Thanks, friend. Thanks, brother. And to that point, you will meet me in person someday because my security isn't really that good. Very so cool. you'll probably get close. Uh, Reese, I love you, brother. We'll do it again. I love you, Reese. You know I do. Get out of here. Reese, a good, good egg. Yeah, the one thing I've learned this week, seeing myself on a Times Square billboard and during the national championship game last night, uh, as the commercials ran, yeah. is that Fox isn't really running background checks on their hosts. <laughs> <laughs> Good for them. It's like, wait, what? Really? Shout out. <laughs> so you guys need to look at it. I'm kidding. No. I'm kidding, you guys. More with Aaron Berg and Onika McLean when we come back. You're listening to the show that Standard & Poor describes as Standard & Poor. I would say he's incompetent, but I don't want to do that because that's not nice. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Aaron Berg is here, and we have brought back Onika McLean. That's stupid. Use your common sense. No, she's, <laughs> I she's doing great, about? R. Kelly. Back you pike down. Mm-hmm. Onika is here, but she is not the woman of the hour. Carol Ann checking in from Westfield, Indiana. Carol Ann, hey, girl. Hey, girl, how you doing? Better now. We needed some of that Midwest energy. You know what I'm saying? So- <laughs> Well, you know, we're almost neighbors. Your wife and I are almost neighbors. There you go. Starting to make sense. I was in Fort Wayne. I was an honorable Fort Wayner for like one night in my life. I tried to get tickets, but I couldn't get in. Oh, you know, I'm, uh, you think it was hard getting in last year. Where do you see that? I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm kidding, (laughs) Carol Ann. I, I, I think, I think there may have been, you know, like a police ban or something. I'm not sure. (laughs) I love it. Talk to me. (laughs) I just want to thank Fox. For giving me the best birthday present ever. Stop it. So wait, let's keep talking. Saturday, Uh and your show is going to be my birthday present. Oh, get out of here! Happy birthday! That is amazing. Now I was concerned because you said birthday present because Mikey does offer to strip for some of our callers. Yeah, and uh, I just wanted to make sure he didn't get me into hot water. So on your birthday, you're watching the debut of my show. Darn straight. Oh, that's hot, that Carolyn. And drinking an eggnog laced with Kentucky bourbon. Oh, <laughs> nice. Carolyn! Carolyn, you just got to log on to his uh, OnlyFans. Yeah, so girl, Carolyn. Listen to me. Okay, that is amazing. And you are the target Not audience. An old broad, right? No, that's hot, <laughs> Carolyn. Carolyn, drunk chicks celebrating mm-hmm. their birthday is my demo. Like when yeah. I went to the corporate meeting, they were like, now, Jimmy, there's a lot of drunk chicks. Uh, they all have a birthday. <laughs> Carolyn, we should do birthday shout outs on the show. Let me work on that with my producers. But happy birthday either way. I'm honored to spend your birthday with you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just, I'm tickled to death for you. It's Aww. just, uh, you have done so well and you have been. 
such a joy to listen to oh, and to watch. Man. He's crying I am, on the no. air right now. He's Caroline, crying. She, Caroline, you read that just the way we wrote it down and emailed it to you. So thank I you. cried. Is she your mom's friend? <laughs> Caroline, we love you, baby. <laughs> Happy birthday. I will see you on the TV. Bye, Aunt Caroline. There she goes. Caroline, <laughs> spending her birthday drunk on the couch with Jimmy Phil. That's amazing. I love a woman that calls herself an old broad. Yeah, that's yeah. hot. It's just really, it's throwback. Can you, you want to know something right? that we know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. To the untrained eye. And like, all oh, spots. To the, to the untrained eye, though, they're like, oh, old broad. She's probably boring. Wrong. No, no, no. <laughs> I bet she used to do the Charleston barely clad. <laughs> Yeah, like, Caroline gets you in that house. You'd be lucky to get out alive. Yeah. I mean, you're gonna you're work. Not, now you just can't leave. <laughs> giving you instructions. Turn around, young man. Poor you're Amazon a, driver coming up with a package. Why are you handing me a hard hat? Like this is crazy. It's gonna be a bumpy <laughs> ride, young man. <laughs> it's gas powered. Is that a gimp mask? Why are you watching Pulp Fiction? Oh, <laughs> Did Caroline. you plug it in? Happy birthday. Sorry to get so dirty on you, boo. But that's how we roll. Comics. We're hanging out. Yeah. Um, I talk about this because in the next break, we're going to get into actual comedy. We're going to talk about Joey Coy and the Golden Globes. I don't want to – we'll save it for the game. We'll get there. But the one thing I wanted to talk about quickly before we get to him, okay, that I think impacted his mindset on stage is we know this as comics that are in clubs all the time. Mm-hmm. The audience is on our side. Yeah. 99.9% of the audience wants us to do well. Yeah. Right. And we really aren't held hostage by outrage culture in on the in the club. No. Outrage culture exists on the internet. That's correct. But you have to be a real comic to know that. Right. Which brings me to Joey Coy. Yeah. I think he was performing to the internet and not the room. And when he realized he wasn't doing well in the room, he started to think about the internet and made it exponentially worse. Could you see a little bit of that? Yeah. It's a tough place to be because he's a little out of touch. I think when you're like on the level that we are where we're down and dirty and we're gritty and we're hitting the clubs every night. Okay, <laughs> down and dirty. Okay, down good. and dirty. But we're in touch with it and we know it's not real outrage. But when you see that outrage on the internet, it still hurts you a little bit. <laughs> Some of like, those words are a lot, right? Yeah, like, no. They go to lengths. It's the, you know, it's the emojis that hurt. Yeah. <laughs> you I stink, use... eggplant, eggplant. Yeah. I, like, I don't text with emojis as a straight male, but the point is I still see them and I'm like, oh, really? You get you gave me one of those, huh? Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about this, young man. Oh, Nika, have you been on the wrong side of internet rage at all? Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah, but you know what's so funny? It's like, I feel like some people just have rage because mm-hmm. they just want to have rage. So yep. no matter what my topic is, they're like, she's a dumb bitch. You're yeah. like, what? Golly. Listen, I've apologized for most of that, <laughs> just to be clear. It's a burner account. It's a burner account, yeah. Onique. I got to blow off steam. Like, but you know what my favorite thing about it is working in TV is like, whenever someone on Twitter trashes your appearance or someone else's appearance, it's mm-hmm. a person with no profile picture. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, dude, you won't even put up a filtered image of yourself. Yeah. You won't even even lie about what you look. You're not even confident your, enough to lie about what you look like. It's normally your dad. It's yeah. probably people you know. That's <laughs> <laughs> just taking you down. It is fun when someone you kind of dislike in comedy gets blowback and you're like, yeah, good. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love Fine, it. we'll do Hassan Minaj next. Oh, <laughs> Aaron Berg, Onika McLean Quick. are here. A quick commercial break while we still have advertisers. I think we should we should squeeze this in now. I was told while we still have them, uh, but we'll be back uh, to dazzle you with our wit and our wisdom right here on the high flying, death defying, internationally renowned, keto approved. I believe it's gluten free. Fox across America. There it is. Non GMO.
There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Aaron Berg, Onika McLean in the house for the full hour. That's what they used to say back full in. Hour. For the I'm full hour. here with Gene Simmons, rock star extraordinaire from the band Kiss. For the full hour. Gene, you've got a huge tongue. <laughs> Why? Do you know Gene Simmons once came here? I'm uh, sure he did. <laughs> there it is, Aaron Burr. That is how you get away with one. There you go. So stick with me. Yeah. Yeah, Simmons he, was here. He came here and really did enjoy like a crass D-list street pun mm-hmm. and had one for everybody. Like if if it was a person in the building who didn't speak English, yeah. he still went up and made an inappropriate sex joke. I marveled at the commitment to the gag. Yeah. It was pretty funny. He got him in okay. right before the turn. Oh yeah, yeah. Right before you I couldn't mean literally do it. right before. That was what he used to do cuz he had a reality series. Yeah. And uh, I met him at Sirius, same thing. He was walk- just walking around Sirius saying everything you now hear in an HR video once a year. Yeah. <laughs> everything, literally everything. <laughs> I'm Gene Simmons, here to tell you what you can't say in your workplace. <laughs> your penalty of law. Uh, we're talking about jokes because uh, a lot of you didn't watch the Golden Globes. But the good news for them is their ratings were actually up like mm-hmm. this year because mm-hmm. award shows had kind of taken a nosedive. Huge. They got a little political. People got a little bothered by that. And it's just the reality, too, that, you know, a lot of like the Oscars and stuff, they weren't nominating the films that make money. Mm-hmm. which is bad for audience. You know, if it's an art house film about some Cambodian ska band, you know, that broke up. And what was the name of Jared that Jared Leto starved, and nobody cares. Okay? Meanwhile, like, there's a Marvel movie making $800 trillion. Yeah. Right. You know, throw that movie into a category. Give those kids a reason to watch the Oscars. So they yeah. were kind of doing that wrong. They're getting a little bit back to that. Uh, and definitely the politics of it all hurt, because this is what I say a lot as comics, Okay obviously as a comedian, you talk about whatever the hell you want on stage because we are the last free speech bastion. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you. It used if, to be the press, by the way. It used to be. The used press to be. Until they start rolling their eyes. No, no, the press is done. The press are completely <laughs> activists. Like, yeah. it used to be as a reporter, you broke out by finding a story nobody had. Yeah. Regardless of the consequences, this is a scoop. It's a big deal. Yeah. Right. Now, okay, reporters try to fit in. You know, they say, well... 99% of my profession leans to the left. I'm going to report favorably on the left and dig dirt on the right, mm-hmm. which doesn't help you if you're a liberal. The right. reason being is because the media's job is to hold people in power accountable. Right. And if we have people in power that are corrupt, we're in a bad spot. Mm-hmm. So we should be running the Carfax on every politician. Right. I think you would argue we're not really running them that aggressively right now. Not at all. <laughs> we're not even getting VIN numbers out no. of these people. Mm-hmm. But but getting thank you. Well, oh, Santos. <laughs> Santos. I will not have you belittle Sorry. a Holocaust survivor turned astronaut. I will like not have you smear a young Ethiopian boy's yeah. name. Who stormed the beach at Normandy and while saving twenty eight people on nine eleven. He founded this country he in 1776. George Santos has done more it. for this country. George Santos dream is a of. feminine hero. Oh, my God. A lot of people know him by his original name before marriage, which was George Washington. <laughs> he adopted Carver. Santos in the marriage. Carver. Carver. Make a deal Peanuts. with me that we would make so much money. I've said this before. Yeah. A George Santos musical, you know Hamilton? Yeah. Shamilton. <laughs> it's hilarious. Scamilton. Yeah, Scamilton would be even better. <laughs> Onika, all right, we'll split the money. Let's right, talk cool. about it. But the point is, comics can talk about whatever they want. My argument is, when it comes to pop culture, athletes, uh, movies, comedy, everything in between, mm-hmm. everybody is speaking out now, but everything is getting worse. Like, there's no way you could look at this society in 2024 
and go, all of this activism has helped. Now we just hate each other more because we're losing common culture. Places right. people put differences aside, mm -hmm. late night comedy, movies, sports, music, have now become battlefronts in the culture war. Right. And it's hard for me because I want people with platforms to get involved where they're passionate, but I think they would help more investing in these communities that they think are aggrieved than just fighting with people politically because then folks tune out from that common culture. And you nothing dig? happens. Nothing. Nothing. No one can look at me and say one thing has been improved since happens. the summer of 2020. Because nothing. they're ill-equipped to do that. Yeah. Like, it's not that but shut up wanna. and dribble thing. Yeah. It's not that at no. all. Uh -huh. It's like, do what you're good at and then contribute in the way that you best can. Yeah. yeah. So, or start a foundation. Do Use your right. platform to help physically. Because right. yeah. the verbal right. help just is divisive. And I want people to help. So I don't begrudge people any political position they take, but I think what happened to Hollywood specifically, specifically mm -hmm. them, not comics. Mm -hmm. Hollywood is really, and I hope getting the message, that they're screwing up the greatest thing that's ever happened. Because if, you, if you're in Hollywood, because if you're in Hollywood, mm -hmm. you are someone who has hit the genetic lottery. You are so good looking that life has dealt you a set of cards that the rest of us, we can't fathom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're I'll tell Hollywood. you that Paul Giamatti's. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that I do mean that. 99.9% yeah. .9 of Hollywood, is, I say they're so good looking that we're willing to pay $25 a popcorn to watch them recite words that were written by an ugly person. Yeah. Right. Is that not 98% of Hollywood? Sure. Yeah. Matthew McConaughey is so gorgeous, mm. he gets paid to talk to himself in a Cadillac commercial. And it's, it's okay. Boring. There's no script. Because, the, but, but the voice. Oh, of course. What are we talking about? Of, of course. Just thank you. Mm. And women are running out and buying the car because you're horny for Matthew <laughs> McConaughey. Yeah. Right. But think about Matthew McConaughey. Because we're McCon lonely, actually. But, he, <laughs> but, he, but he, all he had to do was be born as Matthew McConaughey. He has hit the lottery. Yeah. Now, he's mm. a great guy. Everyone I know likes him. But the point is, when you have that level of prosperity, you're that good. You're making $35 million a movie, $20 million a movie, and you're pretending. That's your job. Yeah. You're pretending to be Batman. You're pretending to be a lawyer. That's the gig. Mm -hmm. And when you're not doing that, you're doing starlets. That's yeah. it. That's your job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Get trophies, do cocaine, and bang the hottest people who've ever I known. want to do all these things. You're married. <laughs> you're already married. But Sit the, down. But ah. the point is... <laughs> But the point is, that's the gig. Right. And it has always been the gig. And we used to celebrate them for having better lives than us. Yeah. We're like, the Oscars was a reality of, like, this is the one night a year where we're just going to lean in and yes. be like, you yes. got us. Look Congratulations. So Put on an $80,000 dress and go have sex with the guy in the $50,000 tuxedo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oddly, both people in that comparison are men. But the point <laughs> is, it, it's Hollywood. Yeah, it, it is Hollywood. But you know I'm Liberace, and I love women. <laughs> just, just just to add to that point, but now we get to see everything. Yes. Like the curtain is removed, and that's the problem. I know what Beyonce's headboard looks like. That's yeah, yeah. crazy. They gave us too much access. I don't want to know No, that. you're right. So they've cheapened celebrity. Yeah, I don't want to know that he cheated on you. No. I want to know. I want to think that you're so beautiful that I can ascend to this kind of experience that I'm going to get somebody that's not going to. But if you're having the same kind of life like Taraji yeah. P. Henson, she's yeah. crying about not making yeah. the same money. Yeah. And I'm like, wait. Uh, I want to get there. You know, so I'm still going to be broke? Wait. <laughs> Wait a minute. Our, our audience doesn't know this, but I still drive around from time to time, and I interview people in a taxi because I used to be a cab driver. Oh, nice. And I just do it to like talk to people about the world. I give them a free ride, and I just want to know what's up. And someone said the funniest thing to me the other day. They said that he wanted to bang Britney Spears until he realized he could. 
Yeah. <laughs> You're like a Kevin. You're like, Meaning in the 90s, it was a big deal. Yeah. But if you landed Britney Spears right now, I don't know that I'd admit it. I'd be like, no, no. I wasn't I was with Britney Spears. I made a bet my third year in college. I said, I'm going to go be famous, and I guarantee you I will hook up with Madonna. $10 Ooh. bet. Did you? Thought it was impossible until I saw a video <laughs> this week. You saw Madonna? I could hook up with Madonna now. Now, now you're not hooking up with her by choice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you were a pharmaceutical just pretend salesperson I'm a robot in the 90s, too. you could have hooked up Because if you're a pharmaceutical salesperson... <laughs> <laughs> but they've cheapened celebrity. You're right. So yeah. celebrity access used to be this really exclusive thing that we didn't have. You got it at the Oscars, got it at the Golden Globes, yeah. and when their movie came out, they did the Tonight Show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was it. And now they're like, it's Tuesday, here's my butthole. Yeah. And you're like, wait, what? What, what? just happened? What reality just happened? shows started the downside. Yeah. No, but reality shows happened because of the writer strike. Yeah, and so, the first one. But here's the funny yeah. thing about that. Mm-hmm. So because when social media became an ascendant thing and people became stars on social media, yeah. obviously Hollywood wanted to latch on to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's when they took away, they gave us access. Yeah, we now it's us. Yeah, and that's what, it's true. Like, we don't keep up with the Kardashians. We are the Kardashians. We now. are the, well, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 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 I used yeah, to be. Yeah, I'm catching a Rob vibe <laughs> from you. I, no, You're no. A, I'm kidding. It's, it's Kim. It is. Stop it. I love it. <laughs> well, I talk about all of that and, and, ha- and, and Hollywood kind of like struggling to find a purpose uh, because they lost that other element. So they went activist, which alienated a lot of people. But Hollywood on a small scale used to be able to laugh at itself. And that's where like Joey Coy had a problem. That's why Ricky Gervais isn't hosting the Globes right, right. now. Yes. Because they can't laugh at themselves. Because Ricky Gervais executed pound for pound. His monologues were the best award show monologues that have ever happened because he flew right into the storm yeah. and lit them on fire. We loved it, but they hated it. Yeah. But I think if we could give them advice as people that are on the comedy side of this, it's that there's nothing people enjoy more than the gorgeous, beautiful people coming down a peg and laughing at themselves. And like if Hollywood could rediscover that, like they should have a Ricky Gervais. They should have you. They should have us come light them on fire Mm -hmm. and have fun for a night. They would actually be back. Like Hollywood would be back. They could save the movies. Yeah. Like, Like you think about this, Aaron. Think about like Dean Martin roasts. When the mm-hmm. biggest celebrities that ever lived were Sammy Davis Jr., Sinatra, Dean Martin, Johnny Carson, okay, Don Rickles, Richard Pryor. They were getting together and lighting it literally on fire in yep. Pryor's case. They were burning <laughs> it down. Yep. Okay. They were the most famous people alive, and they were breaking each other down to nothing. Yeah. And wasn't that so much more endearing? Because it showed everybody, oh, Look, they kind of are just like us, even though yeah, they're these brilliant they're not. stars. Yeah, they still prioritize what we do, which is fun. And now these people are just like, mm-mm, Taylor Swift's not laughing at that. Yeah, now yeah. the whole room is like, you tell a joke and they look. I right? feel like the slap had a lot to do with it, though. You think? It, like, changed the trajectory of the thing because now <laughs> everyone's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're not safe. Like, you know, it's TV. We're would, not safe. So wouldn't why? you argue as people have all been uh, spent, spent time around Chris Rock that the biggest thing Will Smith did wrong was hit Chris Rock? Like, there were 100 people in an audience he could have hit that night, and I yeah. don't think the blowback would have been close. Oh, yeah. If, if he hit Sean Penn, Will Smith is probably hosting this year's Oscars. No? Yeah. Somebody like that? But it was Chris Rock. Remember when Sean Penn used to hit people? Yes. (laughs) Time was. It was photographers. Sean was a mess. Him and Alec Baldwin back in the day. Man, could you imagine how mad Jada Pitbull Smith was when she went (laughs) home that night? I would have been pissed. This is 305. (laughs) She's a Virgo like you. Is that true? Mm. Well, it's all so funny to me. We're talking to Aaron Berg and Onika McLean against our better judgment. Mm -hmm. And, uh... It's so funny to me because they have, in terms of like, you know, the term they use of privilege, 
Yeah. There is no higher form of privilege than you're a Hollywood celebrity. No. Mm-hmm. And they're blowing it. And I wish, you know, they might course correct because they got a little less political, but we're about to go into an election year, so I don't doubt they're going to blow it again. But they shouldn't because, like, if they wanted to help, for the people listening who truly want to help, you actually help more by giving us a forum to put differences aside, you know, for three hours. Go listen to the song. Go watch the show. Go watch the ball game. That actually helps, you know, when, you know. That unites people. Yeah. Right, because it's what we love. The only thing we have left that's bipartisan anymore, for real, are adult websites and casinos. Yeah. That's the only place, right? Because you know, it's like hidden, yeah. And everybody's right. just like not. There's no judgment. Yeah, there's no uh, pronounce. Like the deal, the blackjack dealer doesn't ask you who you voted for. Yeah, no. there's you know? no judgment because they know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they damn sure do know. They know. <laughs> if you're saying double down, they know who you voted. Oh, that's for. funny. This capitalist over here. <laughs> yeah. This guy over here. We're laughing, but that's what I think happens. So when it comes to Joe Coy. Really quick to put a postmortem on this. He's in a room full of people that don't want to laugh at themselves, which is, we all agree, an error. Okay, but he himself does, you know, the ultimate, I guess, sin if you're going to be a a big-name host hosting a big-time award show, is he immediately pivots to, I'll nuke the writers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And goes, relax, I just got this job 10 days ago. Yeah. I wrote most of these. Those are the ones you're laughing at. Which, you know, anybody so insecure that he has to say that didn't write the good ones. Right. Number one. But number two, we can all talk about this as comics. Mm -hmm. Ten days to write a show in a room where everyone on earth is going to get every reference you drop is an eternity. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of time. It's it's five years. Give me two days. That's what I mean. Give two hours. But the other piece is just keep going hard. Like, why are you taking the veil down and starting to explain it? And I think that's the teachable moment for, like, a lot of people is you can't stand out by fitting in. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to fit in in the room and got eaten alive. I'm literally going through that in my actual life right now. For real, for real? Yeah, I, wa- so? I want to be an underground sensation. Remember yeah. underground sensations? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had to seek them out. They Hot weren't band. just in your face. Go yet. look for them. Hot band. Need- Doug they? Stanhope in the late 90s. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, talking yeah, about? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's, that's good. You got to go to a bar with 200 really scary people that you don't want to be around. <laughs> you got to do fentanyl, too. Yeah, yeah, I'm well. Not doing <laughs> Listen. There's, there's multiple ways to kill at these shows, Onika. <laughs> you're new enough. Uh, but, yeah, no, you're right about that. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, a lot of people that are in his position, because he was was he dating Chelsea Handler or on her show? What was his deal? He used to be on her show, but Onika has the yeah, inside I, scoop I, I that they were dating. I followed him on TikTok. No, no, she's a celebrity beat reporter. I, I, <laughs> I've sensed the vibe. I followed him on TikTok, and they were definitely together. They were together. So, yeah, Whoa. they were a couple, I guess. Give him a, it's not easy to hook up with Chelsea Handler. I mean, no, you got to. I, I don't normally ooh. like waiting in lines, you know, but uh, that whole thing. Yeah, I know, yeah, not the best. Was it before or after 50 Cent? I think way after. That's going to be no, a I, tough. I, I, but I think, right, I think um, it was like during the pandemic. That oh, makes sense. one of those hookups. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> a pandemic. Yeah, people had pandemic I mean, love, you're, you're really, like, you know, listen, because you're not going to be worried about co- catching COVID if you're hooking up with, you know what I mean? Yeah. COVID's yeah. not a top three if yeah. you're sleeping with Chelsea Handler. You know, they're just making raisin bread together and then all of a sudden <laughs> it happens. You know, I like Chelsea. Way. Nah, she's fine. <laughs> yeah. She's fine. Quick break back after this. A show so good, it's frightening. I got scared. I dropped my hot pocket. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Onika McLean in the house. The show is almost over. Don't get emotional. Your radio buddy about to become your TV buddy tonight. I will be on Fox Business 
with Dagan McDowell and Sean Duffy at 6.45 Eastern Standard Time. And then I am closing the Ingram Angle with Laura Ingram tonight at 7.50 Eastern Standard Time. We do a brand that hit every Tuesday called What the Fela. And Laura, as you would imagine, thrilled to have me on. What a fraud. I think she's excited. <laughs> I stand by it. Uh, I am thrilled uh, to be wrapping up an hour with Aaron Bergen on Nika McLean. I had a lot of fun. Did you guys have a nice yes, time? It flies. Did you guys do it again? Was it so great? Definitely. Wonderful. It was great. Aaron, do you have any dates we should, pre- oh, we should promote? Oh, yes. Key West, Florida. Oh, wow. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, somebody's getting laid. We're doing it. Somebody's <laughs> oh, going tarpon fishing. Oh, man. Uh, January Anchors s- the way, boys. <laughs> January 16th to 18th. Come and watch me sit on a porch and pretend to be a writer in the 1800s. And <laughs> Uh, I know that works. Aaron Hemingway Berg. That's me. <laughs> Give me another one. January 31st, I'll be in Toronto. And uh, yeah, Ooh, everything on Aaronberg.com. There it out. is. Oh, Nika, you said something about the stand. Yeah, so I'm going to be at the stand on the 31st. I, I'm there a lot of times, but I'm doing the, I am do this show called Spread Love. Ooh. So hang out. It's going to be like, it's like an ode to the New York comedian. Oh, get out of here. Yeah. Because it sounds like a speed dating event. Yeah, the on the internet, the they call up. it hate-filled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so and it's so out. funny the way that works. Go ahead. And you can find it, uh, you can find those dates on onikamclean.com. Oh. Onika, O-N-I-K-A. I know you can't spell that. McLean, M-C-L-E-N. <laughs> I love this. Like no. John McLean. There, oh, there you go. That's hot. Mm-hmm. I love it. No, it's exciting. I think we had a really good time. I think uh, if comedy goes, as this show goes, everybody listening, um, that's kind of taking the ride. Like, you've never been on the show before. This is what we do on the show. Fun. Good. I'm glad Fast. you get it. But this is like the superpower of comics mm-hmm. is like right now people listening to radio have the option of this vibe or someone screaming about the Constitution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, what would you rather be doing? And you, the truth is you'd rather have fun. So I'm not campaigning for a political party. I'm campaigning for a vibe. Everybody ah. needs to adopt this vibe. We are a radio rescue dog. <laughs> We've been abused quite a bit. And, uh, the world has. Make us your forever home, and you will be forever glad that you did. The show's over. Pay up. Get out. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.